0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recaps Q and A episode for June of 2018. I am Nick. This is Chris. We are going to question some answers. No, wait, that's
1: wrong. Damn it! oh we're going to question everything. Oh, we're like we're we're going to be like the FBI agents, Fox Mulder and Scully, whatever her first name is. I think that Diane <laughs> Diane Dian Scully or I don't know. Hold on, this is what we have I've... the internet for.
0: I think that someone has used the that is like a naming thing for us in one of these emails.
1: Scully. All right. If I just type Scully, it has to go. Dana Scully. That's it. God ah. damn. She is fucking ageless. Gillian Anderson. Hmm. She there must be a painting of her somewhere in an attic getting older because <laughs> she is fucking still as stunning as she was back in the 90s. That's incredible. All right. Yeah, we're going to ask questions, do answers, and all sorts of things. Uh, Yay! And uh, we're going to be like the FBI, the, the X-Files agents, I guess. Um, but before we do that, we asked a question to our audience, and we got a couple answers for it. Mm-hmm. The question being, what manga character do you see yourself in? And so our first one here is from, uh, we'll call it Andrew M. Andrew M. says, it's a cheat... But the first manga character I ever saw myself in was Gohan. Admittedly, this was because of the anime, which first aired at Tunami when I was five years old. The idea of a kid the same age, like me, who wanted to go up and be a scholar, but was also a bit of a cryberry, having tremendous hidden power in them and a role to play, even in a group of adults, is really amazing. That connection is probably what made me fall in love with DBZ. It's very good. Uh, and we got another question or another answer from Lumumoriashi who says the character I see myself most in is Hachiken from Silver Spoon. Like Hachiken, I was raised mm. in a household that was strict about academic success and gained an inferiority complex from not exce- excelling as much as I wanted to, becoming worried about my future, and wanting to escape from where I was. Consequently, I started to distance myself from other people out of shame and became a social recluse. But also, like Hachiken, I eventually confronted my issues, found something that I was passionate about, and, p- and people became supportive of me, and started working towards a new goal in life with more confidence and vigor. There are other many characters whose stories hit home for me, like Kenji Hirama from School Rumble and Yusuko Godai from Maison Ikoku. But Hachikan is a character whose circumstances and character arc best reflects what I've been through in my own life. I don't know much about the
0: Maison my, my Ik- Ikaku uh, series, but uh, going from, from Hachiken to Harima from School Rumble is such a jump.
1: <laughs> There's a common thread that links them, and it's Loon Ramayasha. <laughs> We found it, Nick. There's no missing links anymore.
0: I congratulate you on uh, on finding your passion in life. It's great.
1: So I want to ask a question to our audience again. If you guys have an answer, send us in. But the question I want to ask is Hollywood and its desperate attempt to create new franchises is looking to manga for an answer. But instead of saying what series would make the best movie or what, what, what starts off your, your manga MCU or whatever, I'm going to ask a simple question. You get a hundred and fifty million dollar budget to make a movie about a single manga character. Mm-hmm. What do you do? So you can you can do Luffy, but you can't do the Straw Hats and make it a One Piece movie. It's just a Luffy,
0: right? Because it's got to be it's got to be an Iron Man type of movie, mm-hmm. one one that you can get you know one hero to carry everything.
1: Exactly. So who do you put in your big budget movie? What's it like? Who do you put casted in it? Do you make it CGI or live action? Who would be your dream director? Give us as much detail as you want. Don't don't send us a fucking biography because I don't have time to read that. But get, make it as, as creative as you'd like and send the answers in recap at yahoo.com. And just put in the subject title, June Answers.
0: I mean, that's a bit of a tougher answer because you can't you know, do a series that's defined by like a group of people going around having adventures or uh, bio, I guess... I guess a rivalry either mm-hmm. yeah
1: but it is, it is interesting because you think about how many movies nowadays are kind of built off the idea of maybe like one single character mm-hmm. or sort of like a, a narrative like Tully just came out or I mean all you need is kill people watch that that was basically just a story of you know Tom Cruise's character uh, but you know as we obviously know that was based off of a manga based off a of light novel So, you know, it's very possible. You don't have to think just shonen action heroes if you want. You can also think Mm -hmm. in different directions because there's all kinds of movies. So, yeah. Yeah. Send us your answers. As I said, WeeklyMongerRehab, Yahoo.com. June Answers is your title. Interesting. I've got two questions for you, Nick. Two. I'm breaking the format. Taking down the the patriarchy or whatever they say nowadays, like the cool kids (laughs) say. First question (laughs) it's it's a pretty simple one but I, i've gotten into a bet with my brother you remember that uh very famous episode of seinfeld where they they do the masturbation bet uh no okay great episode of seinfeld they make a bet to see who can go the longest without masturbates hilarious episode characters constantly walk into the room slap their hands on the table and they're like i'm out uh not exactly that but my brother has challenged me to a bet he says he does not believe that i can go three days without using the internet Ooh. So I am taking him up on that bet, starting this Friday, basically after weekly manga recaps done from Friday. This posted up on the what's this posted up? Sure. Yeah, well, I'm allowed to use it for work purposes, so I'm allowed to use it in case I can't get the episode up. I could still use it to actually upload the episode, everything. Okay. But from Friday at midnight to Monday morning midnight, no internet, free pizza if I win.
0: Hmm. Do you th- do to-
1: you think you could do that? I would not. No. Three I days. Try three days with no internet. You don't think you could? No. All right. Would not be. No. I'm. I'm looking forward to this experiment. See how it goes. If I crack after like one day, I'm gonna feel real bad about myself. I'm just I, like, I, could, I need my fun house.
0: I could. I could make it one day, but mm. I spend far too much of my time for just like, generally finding ways to pass the time using the internet. Uh, Either to communicate with people or to, uh, you know, just like give myself ideas for stuff to do in the future or even just ways to just, you know, I'm bored. Let me look up something that I know that I can have on as background noise while I do something else.
1: Yeah, I know that feeling all too well, but I am More than eager to take on this challenge and uh, prove my brother wrong because he thinks I'm I'm incapable of doing that. The original bet was just supposed to be who could do it longer, but he was just like, I would destroy you. It's not even a contest. And I was like, All right, well, how long do you think? And he put three days. So
0: that's all So I'll talk to you Saturday. Okay.
1: (laughs) I'm like, Oh, well, actually, no, don't text me because I'm actually going to be locking my phone away.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: So, uh, the actual no quest
0: emergencies this yeah, weekend, yeah.
1: Okay? guys if it's like a massive problem the youtube goes down uh you're gonna be shit out of luck <laughs> yeah, know.
0: wait till monday wait till okay. monday okay.
1: uh the second question i actually had though this is a bit more of an odder one so i've never quite understood the logic of like the infinite clicker game like when it started with a cookie clicker or whatever and then that's definitely the answering. most famous example yeah I, I could never understand the pro- like I was like what's the appeal of them because I've tried them before and I'm always like eventually I just sit there and re- I realize I'm wasting my life because there's no purpose there's no end game there's no like real sense of progression beyond there is game. an end game in Cookie Clicker is there
0: yes okay once once the Grannies take over
1: gotcha my my notion is just like the 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 it feels like the the general purpose is to just keep going till the numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger uh, but. I've recently found a game that's changed my opinion on that. It's called Almost a Hero, and it's basically combines that with like an RPG element. And there's something about it that makes it a little bit more engaging for me, I guess, because there's a sense of like progression and evolving and like visually your characters change with that. What is some time that you've maybe found yourself completely unengaged with like maybe some form of medium until one example of it managed to hook you into it finally?
0: That's toughy. Um I can at least tell you that uh, uh, this is a pretty good example. I'm not a big fan of uh, launch games where, you know, you just try and like build up for a greater and greater distance. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have gotten hooked as hell on uh, the Burrito Bison uh, Flash games, which uh, are you you launch your... Your, your luchador wrestler wearing a, a bison mask and he does uh diving splashes on uh candy gummies beneath him uh in order to stay in the air rocket powered uh diving splashes i'm
1: so confused <laughs> he's so, trying to
0: get he's trying to get his burrito back chris
1: that that is fair i suppose that that should really explain it um and that's engaged you. That's gotten you you hooked back into it.
0: Um, that's one of the launch games that I will play uh, occasionally. I'll just be like, oh just go back to it after you know like six months of not thinking about it. Um, that hasn't really gotten me into any other examples of it, though. If you're talking about like you know
1: a it gateway, doesn't, it doesn't have to be a no. gateway because I'll, I'll be honest, I still haven't played any other Tapper Clicker games or anything mm-hmm. like that because I still find that same issue. But just one example where you're like, okay, I can get into this. And again, it not have to be games, even like movies or like video game genres or things like that.
0: Uh, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's like, you know, a book that uh, that I've read that I haven't read anything else of this genre. You're
1: but. like, I was never into hot porn, tilaki Sora. Now I'm <laughs> hooked.
0: Now I can't stop thinking about underage incest, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I found my kink, finally.
0: I actually have a related question uh, for you
1: okay go for it Uh, not related to underage incest right no not to that one (laughs) cool I was hoping it wasn't connected to that one
0: as he puts away his prepared answer (laughs) Uh, you have played a a fair number of like freemium mobile games
1: Uh, absolute shit ton
0: yes what is the worst example you can think of that you have played
1: Worst example of them. There's a lot.
0: Okay, let me put it to you this way. An example that had uh, an aesthetic or a premise or was related to a series that you were really into and you were really excited to discover the game, and then you tried it and you found out it was terrible, and then you just uninstalled it forever.
1: So I'll give you two answers to this. Cool. The first I'll say is there was a one-piece game I tried. This was before Treasure Cruise came out. I can't remember the name of it, but it was this weird game where you just kind of ran through like it, it just wasn't very like one piecey. It was basically just the character splashed over like a shitty combat system kind of thing. I just kind of had you do gotcha things over and over again. I don't understand how Jeff loves these gotcha games because they're fucking the bane of existence for me. He's put up like these fucking checklists of stuff that he does. I'm like, how how do you first? How do you find the the time time and the money? (laughs) Two, how do you put these lists together and not realize what you're doing to your life? Like, I feel like once I put the list together, I'd be like, oh, this takes forever. Like, I'm gonna stop this. But the second one I'll give is a game I actually used to praise, which was Marvel Avengers Academy. I love that game because the writing in it was really fun. It got to like put together some cool character concepts. But that is a game, and this is what I've heard of uh, Tiny Co. I think is the company that does it. It wants your money and nothing else. Gotcha. And it would constantly reach the point where it would prey on collector syndrome. So I had every character basically to that point, uh, and it would release a character, and then it would be like oh, all you have to do is earn fucking, I don't know, it'd be like uh, the fucking the uh, new version of Ghost Rider. It's like, you just got to collect 60 burning skulls throughout the event. And then you'd find out that, like, a burning skull takes 12 hours to create. Oh, and, Jesus Christ. And, and needs, like, four different elements before you can actually create one yeah. that also had timers to it. And then you realize you could speed up those events with shards, but it would it reach a point where mm-hmm. you're like... I'm fine with the nonsense, the concept of, like, here's a character. Pay $10 for this character. But it was to the point where they're like, no, you can get it completely for free. You just have to set alarms while you're asleep and devote every hour to the day and hope RNG is also on your side. Because that's going to play a factor. And then when people do the math, they're like, yeah, it's probably going to end up costing you about $20 to 5 to $30 for this character. I was like, fuck this noise. And they just kept doing it, like, in, in excruciatingly sure. yeah. more detail. So – it's a game I, I've completely just deleted from my phone. I don't look back for it anymore, and uh, that was a pretty big disappointment. I just realized how little that company gave a fuck. It, 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 was the, it was everything people say about freemium games where it's like, oh, they just prey on like mental weaknesses, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it did every single one of those things, which is a bummer because it was, it was a pretty fun game otherwise. I... Uh...
0: I'm going to go ahead and it just reveal something about myself, which is the one freemium game that I've remained consistently uh, hooked to, mm-hmm. which is WWE Supercard, okay. which is a, co- it's a collectible, you know, it's a digital collectible card game where you use the cards to battle each other and they have very simple stats and stuff. Uh, and I have used math numerous times to figure out what I have to do in order to do something.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there have been some things that they've done where it's it's literally like you described, like you have to collect these elements and then put them through this process, which takes X time. And that gives you an element that you need seven more of uh-huh. to go through this
1: process. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> Do you like you sit there doing the math. You're like, in my life, is it worth losing for what is this? Oh, a Neville gold card. Fuck this. I don't even like Neville that much
0: no no there hasn't been an Evil card since uh two, two years ago I'm yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like no but like, i think more modern it's a it's a loo- can, it's a can... rowan harper card or <laughs> heroic uh rowan harper whatever the fuck his name is eric rowan is that it Ro- uh rowan and harper yeah, yeah. Uh, um
0: the um you can literally ask nicole about some of the things that i've done for this game so there is a certain amount of cards you need to pick up from the board before it like gives you one of your tier or it's guaranteed to. So I keep track of my pulls on a spreadsheet uh, just so I know when to expect to get one. Uh, then there was an event that they started doing a few months ago that was a little bit needed some tweaking, basically. Uh, and uh, I basically figured out the math. On doing the appropriate strategy for it because it was a much less straightforward strategy that you had to do. Basically, you randomly pick uh, an, a randomly generated opponent off of a board, and you have to beat them. But then there are chances where you just spring a trap, like and it just takes away one of your stamina points that you have for the event. And then once you run out of stamina points, you have to wait an hour in order to play it anymore so i'm like look eventually the 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 freaking traps just get more and more numerous with each board that you reset eventually there's more traps on the board than you have stamina points you have to literally just give the money in order to progress beyond a certain point this is bullshit (laughs) and i went this long rant and she was like i kind of love you a little more now because you're such a dork you're such a fucking loser (laughs) you're
1: just like you don't understand it's not no the house always wins. The... <laughs> I, uh, there's another one, another tiny co game that I played that was uh, Futurama based, which I mostly just played because I had kind of an interesting combat system mm-hmm. uh, and like 8-bit graphics to it, which seemed pretty cool. Or not 8-bit, it was probably like 16-bit or something like that, but it was kind of cool visually. Uh, but that was very infamous because there was the a quest that you had to spend money on. <laughs> like it was like just a quest that had to spend money on Yeah, it. it was like, spend $5 and people were like, fuck this. <laughs>
0: Uh they uh there was some game I saw advertised a lot. Uh some sort of like animation throwdown thing with, you know, like all the Fox uh animated series except for The Simpsons, which because that's got its own mobile game, which is which d- doesn't need to be in some, you know, crossover bullshit. And I looked at it and
1: I was like, oh, that was kind of interesting. No, Nope, (laughs) I I can tell I'll hate this game. (laughs) I've played so many shitty free mobile games, I I can't even begin to express it. Uh, I I, I will state maybe the worst I've played that's not related to a franchise. I just wanted to see what it was because I kept seeing ads for it. And it was, like, Battle Girls X. And I was like, what oh, yeah. is this? Like, I see it's something about, like, half romantic characters, half, like, maybe combat system. And I remember downloading it. And I was like, wait a minute. Am I getting a virus? Like, I remember, like, oh, seeing this pop fr- up. And I was like, I didn't think this was possible on an iPhone. Is <laughs> <laughs> that all this game's here for.
0: Uh, you'll definitely see boobs in this game. Virus, virus,
1: virus. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. My my morbid curiosity is not going to make me uh, go into this.
0: <laughs> All right. And that got to be like that, uh, the, the hustle castle or what the fuck ever.
1: I don't understand what the fuck that game is. I <laughs> I keep thinking that the guys who make Family Guy must be behind it are like it visually because it does looks exactly look like it. Yeah. It looks exactly like it, but I can't tell... Like, (laughs) they keep putting out ads for this game that make it look worse and worse. But it must be making money. The sword has
0: boobs now.
1: (laughs) I'm like, I don't... Like, there's one reason that's like a Star Wars one. There's like an evil chick. And then he looks over and there's a good chick. And then he looks over and there's a little girl and she's wearing a Darth Vader mask. And they all start electrocuting him in the same time. And then he explodes. And there was just a turtle walking around the ground. And it ends with, like, his lightsaber landing where his clothes were, and the turtle looks towards the camera. And I'm like, is this a fucking... <laughs> like, I'm like, is this, like, a zen riddle I haven't figured out? Like, is this high art, and I don't understand it? Puts, or am just I puts, back?
0: Just put a black and white filter over it with some distorted classical music. <laughs>
1: and I'm just like, yes, yes, we do focus too much on the looks of the person. <laughs> All right, let's uh, so, let's <laughs> talk about manga and questions and everything. All right, uh, we've
0: got a question here to start us off. Uh, I'll go ahead and read this for you, since that is uh, this is a question for you. Dear, uh, this is from Andre Golden, Dear, why the ruler of cinema sins and honest trailers tea? Ooh,
1: oh. I finally managed to win out. Oh.
0: oh God, I feel dirty just being associated with that. Ugh. Oh. In the November Q&A, Chris said that he hates Spider-Man 2 out of the original Spider-Man trilogy, and my
1: question is why do you hate it? Because it's not a good movie. Ooh, but people keep tricking themselves that Shots it is. Fired. Look, there's parts of it I can understand why people appreciate. One reason I don't like it is because my life was far too mirrored to Spider-Man's at the time when he's like at the bank, and they're just like they're trying to ask for, like, they're trying to get a loan, and the bank guy's like, what do you know? Get out of here. And they're like, well, at least we can get the free toaster, right? And he's like, <laughs> and I was like oh can we and I think I was like in the basement it's like my I mom was like, forget like, <laughs> about that <laughs> my mom my mom was like upstairs like hello hello I'm just like, just fucking kill me. Just end this. But there's all these other things, too, like with like Doc Ock, who's just like, I've invented these super robot arms and they'll always obey me as long as this control chip in the back of my neck. What so the like, AI <laughs> counteracts you were taking?
0: Why would you put that in your spine? I
1: like, why would you program them to think and operate independently? All you guys. All you've got to do is just not do that. I'm like, why did you program them to be evil? And then you're like, but I'll put a control chip in there as well. There's, there's parts of it that are Like solid. Dr.
0: Octopus in the original, like, he didn't make them mentally controlled, I don't think. Yeah,
1: they've always just been like, oh, he could just like, he operates them or I don't know. Right. Like, I mean, function.
0: there was an ac- there was an accident that caused them to be planted into his spine and or, or some shit, but he didn't start off with them that way.
1: Yeah, and why he would program them and then, like, state it obviously to everybody. He's like, so long as this chip back here pointing directly to it never breaks. uh, I I appreciate things about it, but in the same way, there's a lot of rough parts to it. Now, granted, it's also a movie I haven't seen in probably, like, ten years now, so maybe it's better than I remember it. I don't know, but I was never a big fan.
0: There is a kick-ass video game that was based off of it.
1: Yeah. There's been a couple good, really good Spider-Man games. Yeah, well, it's fun
0: to fucking swing around, uh, swing around fucking New York. So that is true, and yeah. they they
1: finally got it right, just like they got flying right. in Superman sixty four, best game ever. Yes. All right. So questions here from uh, I don't know how to do either of these names, so I'm gonna say this is from GP. Okay. <laughs> Dear Dick, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Freeman, and Chris Gomo Gomo No Me Fourth gear forth snake man larios uh i don't know i think i, I can call that good. A wash. yeah i'll call that a wash we both got pretty good there as of the time of this ryan there are two episodes left of the dragon ball super anime i do have to say that the two forms they have introduced that being super blue vegeta and ultra instant goku have not really been grabbed by their attention much if at all both seem really contrived, coming from seemingly nowhere, and not even that impressive in the shifting hair colors again. They seem a lot more contrived than the previous transformations from Z, where a lot of the transformations are built-up goals, with the Saiyans being hyped up by Vegeta, Cell trying to reach his perfect form, and trying hard to reach Super Saiyan 2, while Super Saiyan 3 kind of falls off in that department. It just looks so interesting, at least that's what it has going for. it. These more seem like just power simply designed to raise the characters up to a fine level necessary to uh, something fully earned or deserved, uh, deserved. So what are your thoughts, uh, the forms, from a writing perspective, as well as the design one. So have you seen the two forms? The uh, Ultra Instinct and... I think it's called Limit Break or Limit Burst Vegeta. But I like to call it Super Saiyan Bashonen Vegeta. Because he gets really sparkly eyes during it. I've at least seen bits of them. Uh, I will say this. For the Vegeta one, it it doesn't really feel like it's a new form to me. Because it it's very very small what the difference is between that and just regular Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta is. Um I suppose the one thing that would be different is that I guess the difference between Super Saiyan 1 and Super Saiyan 2 isn't that big of a difference. Just like the the hair spikier and like the energy kind of things. There is a yeah, I mean
0: there in terms of pure if we're just talking pure design, like when Goku demonstrates like the form changes to uh what was that? I think it was Boo he demonstrates them to. He goes from Super Saiyan 1 to Super Saiyan 2 and it's just like, did you change? Did you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you said you did. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I would say for Ultra Instinct Goku though, I like that a good bit more. It's sort of a weird thing. It it does have like a narrative element to it because being stronger than a God of Destruction is a large element in the series. Beerus has kind of always been a little bit Apprehensive at the idea that these mortals are going to surpass him. And we see that fear is kind of realized when we see that Universe 11 actually has not one but two characters that have surpassed the God of Destruction in that universe. So it is a big thing that Goku is reaching a form that they said only Gods of Destruction should be capable of reaching. And it it does have kind of a well-built up thing because he, he starts doing it unconsciously during the, the Tournament of Destruction or Tournament of Power he gets a little bit better at using it during his fight with Kefla, or Kalefla. I keep forgetting. Kalfla. Calif- Kalfla? Is that it? Cal- I think it was Caulifla. Well, it's, it's their fusion, which I think is like right. ca- ke- Kalefla. Kalefla. I, don't, I
0: can't remember. Oh, Caulifla is Original Girl, and I think it's Kefla is their... Kefla.
1: I can't uh, I can't remember on. what the fusion form is, because I, I keep saying Kefla, and I'm like, am I just thinking Kefka from Final Fantasy VI? Um... So he gets it there, and then finally when he reaches the final form, they note that, like, his big wish issue with it was he's able to dodge instinctively, but he wasn't able to attack instinctively. And that's finally what kind of gets him over the hurdle in the final fight with Jiren and everything like that. So there's a, there's a proper build-up to that power-up throughout the fight, and it does feel very, like, visually and distinctly different from the other forms. It is, in a way, I guess, like, another hair color-changing form, but... You know, what are you going to do? I guess that's how they really kind of market mm-hmm. these things. Uh, I will say my favorite forms that they done in Dragon Ball probably were the Cell ones. Because Cell, like visually changing from like a creepy bug to eventually like this super like slim, strong version of himself when he's perfect Cell is a pretty cool like three transformation stage thing. Uh,
0: the original Super Saiyan, I think, is the best example of you know like a forum change that happens in Dragon Ball because it's built up so much from the time that Vegeta starts you know really talking about it during the Ginyu Force fights and uh, you know he's convinced that he's going to become the Super Saiyan and then Goku ends up doing it and you can actually see he's like, oh yeah okay he definitely did it because he looks completely different all of a sudden
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but you know the ones the ones during the Cell Saga yeah definitely uh, Cell's transformations are, are one thing but then you know, uh, Trunks thinks that he's achieved the next evolution of Super Saiyan. And Cell's just like, no, you haven't. <laughs> uh, and it's like, OK, well, we've got to do this. Someone's got to do it. Oh, it's got to be you go on. No pressure, kid.
1: <laughs> and it does look pretty cool when he does it. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go out on a record here, or on, on a limb here. Unpopular opinion. Great transformation is Super Saiyan 4 from GT. I always thought that looked really cool because it wasn't just like a hair color thing. It kind of played into the like bestial, animalistic side of Saiyans by giving them like the the ape fur and, and trying to play more into that. And I thought that was a really cool visual element. Uh, it's not canon, obviously now, but I like I just, how they
0: basically sniped the the whole, like, You need multiple Saiyans around in order to achieve
1: this thing. When they like that's good. They did the- <laughs> uh, so that's a good idea. Let's keep that. <laughs> uh, uh, GP also asks additionally what do you think makes a good form transformation do you prefer having more distinct visual elements or how do you prefer it to fit into the story
0: I don't think that a it's it's strictly necessary to have you know a big thing like uh, the only thing that hap- I think that the because you know if you think about it, like an early example in Dragon Ball Z not in Dragon Ball in general, because there were definitely form changes before that that were much more striking visually. Uh, like, you know, like Piccolo growing really large and stuff. But, uh, you know, Kaioken is, is technically, it's a transformation. Yeah. Um, and all he does is he glows orange. Uh, it's it's striking in the anime, but I imagine it wouldn't be especially uh, striking in the original manga. The one condition I have on that is... If you're going to have multiple, you know, form changes in a series, then you definitely need to have them like strike a difference visually because otherwise you're just telling me now I'm in this form. There has to be something about it that it lets you know immediately. Um, there's some examples that uh, are provided by GP. You know, it's like, oh, you know, there's stuff like Luffy's gears and Naruto's Kiwi forms and stuff like that. Luffy's new form changes with gear for they're very striking from each other visually. So I have confidence in that going forward that if they are more introduced, it's like, okay, well, if he uses multiples in a fight, then I'll be able to fucking tell which one he's actually using.
1: Plus, even, like, the gears themselves had a progression that made it very easy to tell what was happening. So, like, gear two, he turned pink and started steaming. Gear three, body parts of his would turn giant. Now, with gear four, you know, he has the the vulcanized arms and like the different visual look facially so yeah as you said it's easy to tell the differences between them and all the forms have like defined strengths and weaknesses to one another so you can tell what they're doing and what that means to the fight in every moment Um, Naruto's Kyobi forms are brought up and I'll be honest I don't really remember differences between them per se because I think eventually he just kind of reaches a point where he's like this is the one to use like I don't remember the forms having different Sort of like strengths or weaknesses to them.
0: I think that he's referring to uh, the different tails.
1: Oh, was that it? Because if that, if so, then that's. I mean, that's that's a progression which is kind of cool. But like, I think there's like an element to like Kyobi form versus like Sage mode. I think those were distinctly different forms. When he, with, like, when he actually handles.
0: has when he actually has his tailpiece form, where he just you know is glowing orange and flaming and looks weird. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't even remember if Ichigo had different forms. I mean, like, (laughs) he had various points where his hair got longer, but Bleach was always so, like, non-committal to what that form's, like, strengths and weaknesses were that it really, it it never really felt like anything important.
0: Well, I guess the thing was that with Ichigo, I mean, he had his Bankai, Uh and he had his Hollow, um, and then he had, let's see, then there was the then there was the problem was that a lot of Ichigo's transformations he didn't keep. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, when he, from the very beginning, you know, it was like when his Sora becomes Shikai, it's just immediately like fully released all the time. And he doesn't transform or anything like that, uh, unlike all the other Soul Reapers. Uh, when he does Bankai, he keeps that one. When he gets the Hollow Power, he keeps that one. But then, you know, when he becomes a Fullbringer, uh, he has the thing with, you know, his bad badge blade but then that one changes into his skeletal sword thing and then that one gets stolen.
1: <laughs>
0: and so he's just like, oh now he's a soul reaper again and he looks different. Jesus <laughs> that's
1: like, yay. it. Yay. <laughs> uh the one in here that I I most want to say is like Asta's one-winged demon one. That's probably my least favorite on the list, not because it doesn't seem visually distinctive, but like it's a form that I forget is even a form because it's such a non issue for even Asta. Like, even he does a question why he, like, turns black and, like, gets super power, like, because he gained control of it so quickly and with so little kind of, like, attention drawn to it. So anytime he goes into it, I always forget, like, oh, I guess, yeah, he can just turn that on and off when he wants.
0: I don't really mind whenever, like, a form just, like, comes in. I mean, you know, Luffy did a bunch of off-screen training to get his different forms. Like, you don't really see where Gear 2 came from, honestly. Uh, but I think that a form should definitely have an effect on like what happens. You can, I think the most important thing is like, okay, if you see that a guy's hand is suddenly glowing red, you should know what he's going to try and do. Um, that's one of the good things about, uh, Deku's use of one for all, uh, is like, okay, he's, he's using it in this way in order to do this. If he suddenly develops a new technique, then He needs to look more strikingly visually different as opposed to just, well, the scars on his body start to glow red again.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. so uh, let's move on then to uh, Jenna Bacon Lefkowitz. Dear Chris, how can you hate chocolate and Nick? Because I have my baby memories flashback. Wah, wah. I hate chocolate. Wah. Bleach sucks. Wah. Change my diaper and wash my mustache. Wah.
1: I like that you have a baby mustache.
0: (laughs) I actually didn't hate chocolate as a child uh, until I was like one year old. And uh, according to my parents, I got sick of them when I was like two. Anyway. Question one. Are there any character relationships that were brought up early in a series that you wish had more relevance in the plot? For example, like when No Chris wanted more of a focus on the relationship between Ariana and Alice. In addition, I was I wish the different friendships between characters in Class A unrelated to Deku and Bakugo were seen more often. Uh, I think that's a good example right there. Honestly, like there's so many characters in Class 1A that if they aren't specifically like having a plot with Deku, you don't see really a lot that goes on with them. Uh, their entire, like, you can go on the Tumblr and you can see all the ships that people have have base, have made up based on the fact that you see that they seem to be getting along in the class. Like, Jiro and Momo seem to be friends. Therefore, they are our Yuri ship for the series. It's like, I mean, it would be nice if you saw more of that stuff so that you can at least have more of an idea of how the class interacts with each other. Uh, but Deku is the main character. Um, one relationship that I will definitely say I wish i had been brought more is uh, Tatsuki's relationship with Ichigo because there's a lot that oh, was yeah, going on there. Uh, I mean, they w- knew each other from when they were kids. Uh, you know, she was this, she, you know, was in the dojo and Ichigo would lose to her all the time, uh, until he just got better at fighting. Uh, and then all of the, and she had that big confrontation with him when Orihime went missing uh, wanted to know what the hell was going on because she was starting to see spirits and becoming more, you know, uh, spiritually aware and powerful and then nothing was done with her. Uh, it really pissed me off because Tatsuki is one of my favorite characters in Bleach and a lot of that has to do with just the real relationship she had with other characters as this normal person in their lives and uh, for both the Rihime and for Ichigo and it would have been cool to see her start to, you know, get more involved with uh, what was going on in the background.
1: Uh, I think you gave a great example with Tatsuki or Tatsuki. Uh, that isn't name, Tatsuki. Yeah. Okay, I'm stupid.
0: I think uh, he might got hung up because of Totsuki. Yeah, and- that was yeah. it. I was like,
1: that's that's the school stupid. Uh, but yeah, the Aaron Alice one is already brought up. That'd probably be the best example I could think of because it is mm. like one where you're like your cousins who feel like you should have a closer relationship than you do. that they've given us reasons for why, but I do wish they'd interact more.
0: Okay, Chris, now I've got, a, I've got a question here that's that actually seems to be for uh, Mr. Great
1: Ideas. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> actually right over here. Uh, he thought oh, okay, he might be okay. needed okay. today, so uh, I'm uh, going to just put my headset down, and I'm going to start walking away, and, uh, all right, great, he, he's coming now. Hey there, Nick, what's going on there? What kind of questions? Hey, I heard hey, you got some but, questions and some answers for me, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Great Ideas.
0: Hey, Mr. Great idea. So, yeah, I, I just have a question for you here. It's a, from a fan of ours wants to know uh, what would what do, I, I know you've got a lot of proposed projects on your plate. You shared some with me a couple of months ago, but uh, there's one in particular that someone has asked us about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. What, what would the four kids dub of promised Neverland be?
1: Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, it's a great series. They got kids doing cool things, and kids love seeing themselves in fiction. I think that's really exciting. Uh, right now, they they got that whole thing going on with that, that that dude with the hat and the monkey. That monkey's gonna be bankable. We're gonna be able to make <laughs> plushies out of it, t-shirts, uh, maybe like college scholarships based after it. There's a lot of money to be made in cute little monkey things. Uh, I think that's all gonna be great. We're probably gonna have to dice the idea of him trying to kill all the children and eat them. Children need to be protected from death at all times. So I think instead of them trying to do that, uh, the demons are, are trying to to spill paint on them and, and trying to uh, rip them with paint claws. Uh, that'll will get them really messy and then they'll have to be sent to time out, which is basically so like Splatoon. Like the, yeah, like Splatoon, except they'll be sent to the nether realm to never be seen again or something like that. It still presents the idea of danger, but we don't have to kind of like get into the, you know, the messiness of death. And, uh, you know, we could still sell all those cool monkey t-shirts that we're kind of lining up on the shelves, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no guns. Uh, when, uh, the old man shows up, he's got a big boot on a giant spring. It is an enormous spring and a very large boot. Maybe with, like, cleats at the end of it. Two so, too, too scary bottle caps. They're so giant the, it, bottle caps on the bottom of the boots.
0: So the children are being hunted with, uh, paint claws, uh-huh. weapons... But they're fighting back not with paint, but with boots on springs.
1: Yeah, well, because the the, the demons, they're demons, they're gross creatures, so they they wouldn't care about getting paint on them. They're not going to get ah, sent to, ta- obviously, to see, obviously. Yeah, it's yeah. like the the parents wouldn't be sent to timeout if they get dirty, but uh, the kids would be. So that's where the concern comes in. But like any uh, good kind of parent kid fight, uh, you got to fight them back with boots on springs. Oh, so when you when you get sent to time out in the
0: world of uh, Fork's Promised Neverland, you never come back.
1: Yeah, yeah, you get sent Ooh. to timeout forever. That's see, this is a uh, good idea. That's a great idea, really. Okay. A branding All right. idea, yeah. So, uh, Luvis right. uh, is also too confusing of a name, so we're gonna call him Luki. <laughs> Luki, and uh, honestly, the monkey could be called whatever people are gonna do it. But I'm thinking Pom Pom. Okay. That seems like a kind of cute name. All right. Also, Emma's a boy now, because uh, girls can't carry action series on their own. Let's That's just fact. Let's just put it out there. All right. So, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you,
0: everyone, for uh, giving it up Oh, to I gotta and go now. I got
1: ideas. I gotta go now. I got a whole bunch of other pictures I gotta put out there. We're gonna set Wonder Woman back in the 80s when she was doing nothing. That's gonna make a lot of big sales. I'll catch you later, guys. Wonder Woman's gonna be a man now, now. so, you know, look forward to that. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, Nick, I'm back. I had to run back here.
0: <laughs> Chris, ah, oh, man, you just missed the best oh, idea. It's a great idea. I always as, oh.
1: miss them. One day I'm going to have a long discussion with that guy because I want to really pick his mind for all the great <laughs> ideas he has.
0: Oh, man. Actually, it made me think of something. Uh, did, have you ever seen the uh, Kevin Smith tell the story of uh, writing a, a prospective script for a Superman movie?
1: Yes, I have heard that one yeah he talks about <laughs> the giant baby. spider in it
0: we can we get can we give brainiac like a robot sidekick that's voiced by a key black man
1: oh that is like one of the greatest stories ever when you listen I, I, there's a whole documentary on that movie that i really yeah like to watch I, I discovered
0: that because i looked it up so that i could show it to nicole recently and uh, i just goes oh
1: there's a whole fucking documentary about this movie that, that's cool yeah well, this movie
0: they never got made specifically.
1: Yeah. Exactly, but uh, yeah, it sounded like a crazy movie, like Nicolas Cage oh, yeah. as Superman and everything. All right, all right. So, question here from Colm: It says, "Hey Y and T, question: When will be when will you be implementing the new Patreon tier where I can purchase SARS and then trade in to open the magic <laughs> hat at WR Hot Takes?" Uh, soon, I have
0: to get. Tra- appropriate for the conversation we were having
1: before. Uh, very soon I got to work on all my new hot takes put them into the correct tiers and then I'll, we'll build up the hats. It'll be like an animation where like the hat shakes and a, a big hot take will pop out. So uh, any day now. Alright. Okay.
0: <laughs> Excepts from uh, Andre Golden. Uh, dear Wide the ruler of Netflix and Hulu T, if you could live anywhere in the One Piece world, where would you live? I always get the
1: bad one. Um, I, I would like to live Water 7, honestly, like I always liked the visual style of Water 7, like with the canals and everything like that, like it seemed like it was a pretty cool temperate area. Uh, but, like, visually just really attractive, uh, like, the shipwright element seemed cool, like, it's a nice place, too, like, I'll never forget the visual of Kaku leaping off that part, and, like, him sailing outwards in the sky towards, like, the visual of the city beneath him is such a cool shot, like, that would definitely be, like, the kind of area I'd w- want to live in.
0: Hmm. Uh, I don't know, I hate the ocean.
1: <laughs> well, you could, you could live on, like, an island that still is pretty big by itself, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. I mean, I guess, but like so there's dress Rosa which is like you know the island of toys oh yeah let's let's
0: slip like where I'll get turned into a toy slave
1: okay oh, this is after do flamingo Nick you're fine now <laughs> um you could take drum island do you like the cold I I, no, I, don't, right.
0: I, don't, I don't like the outside yeah,
1: they, let's they, do alabaster let's send, then. Let's, send, let's send me to let's send
0: me to the island of air conditioning
1: um you could do punk hazard and you just sit on the <laughs> side that's all fire but you dip your head into the cold side when you need to that's, no <laughs> are you sure there's a crocodile person there <laughs> all right next question uh all right dear y ruler of sexual debauchery and no and, h ruler of sexual oh, debauchery. h ruler of sexual debauchery and pon t so there's an entire discussion kind of going on here Mm -hmm. in regards to certain characters and their uh, sexual deviancy played as a laugh Uh, Uh,
0: specifically their
1: unwanted sexual
0: uh, perversion
1: yeah so he brings up uh, Kuroko from a certain scientific railgun Mineta from My Hero and Onigiri from Air Gear as like the three kind of uh, tiers of this so he has three questions in regards to this particular matter who are the least offensive who t- are the least to most offensive perverts out of these three characters? I don't remember much about Kuroko honestly.
0: Uh. I've I've lost most memories of that series. Yes, um, Onigiri um, is easily the most offensive though.
1: Onigiri is the worst. Onigiri is far and away the worst. I will say Mineta, based off of what I'm hearing Mineta would be the least because it doesn't sound it sounds like Kuroko actively does do like the silly, like, oh, I accidentally grabbed your breasts, like, physical sexual harassment, which does yeah. kind of strike me at a larger level than just being a gross person and saying things. Um, but none of them are particularly admirable or likable or pleasant in any way, shape or form. So,
0: The worst thing that Mineta has ever done uh, has been to try and peep on a non-consenting girl, like... He's never. I think that. I think that there was one time when like Sui was holding him up when they were in the water in that early fight against the League of Villains, and he used the chance to grab her tit, Did and he? that was yeah. He used the oh, chance yeah. to grab her tit because, to, to grab her tit when I think it like first happened by accident, and then he just like left it there. And it's like that's pretty bad. Yes, uh-huh. but Onigiri used his smell to like Strip try and yeah. It was awful. So. There are levels to this, you have to understand.
1: <laughs> All awful, uncomfortable levels, but yeah. Uh, I do like Satellite Love, who says Mineta is practically a feminist compared to Onigiri. <laughs> compared to Onigiri, yes. <laughs> uh, Two, how do you make a character likable who's also not afraid to admit they like perverted things, such as peeking in a girl's bath, groping tits, having a huge porn stash, and other fucked up things that would have them on the end of a sexual offender registry? So, here's the thing. The s- examples you give are very different ends of the, s- the spectrum. Yeah, they're having a huge, all over there. Having a huge porn spectrum is not something that should get you or a porn sash is not something that should get you as a sex offender mm-hmm. be hated. There's perfectly nothing wrong with enjoying porn as long as like it's not hurting anybody and you, you know keep yeah. yourself reminded to be healthy about it. That's fine. his big introduction was that he likes to read porn. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. There's nothing abnormal about that or anything like that. Peeking in a girl's bath, not the best thing. Uh, gropey tits, though, I really don't think you can have a character that does that and still make them likable. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's one of those things that you definitely have to have that character corrected on. Like, you don't stop doing this. <laughs> this is really weird and uncomfortable. Uh, I would say it's probably one of the few things that makes Sanji a bit more like okay of a character in my mind, is that He's uncomfortably dorky with his sexual fashion like uh like over the topness but he never aggressively like like tries to fondle the girls or everything like that he just tries to be more romantic with them and stuff like that generally so I mean
0: he did his dream was to find the fruit that would turn him invisible so that he could peek on girls in the bath
1: I mean a man's got to have dreams Nick. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I agree there. I mean, there is definitely different levels to it based not only on the severity of the act that you're talking about, but also I think in terms of like making a character likable, well, how often it comes up with them. Like if it were a more regular thing that Sanji wanted to peek on the girls in the bath, then that would be more of a problem for his character. Instead, he's a pervert in the sense that he is easily swayed by cute girls and thinks that they're all beautiful and will Treat them very, very well because he just likes them so much. Mm-hmm. And that's a much more innocent way of going about it. And it's just much more just kind of part of who he is as a character. Uh, I do definitely see I do definitely see the point that people make with certain characters like oh, there's this the only reason that this character is here. Like, you know, with me, and a, they insist, oh, he's just there for the preferred jokes. And yes, that is primarily what he does. And, in fact, his his motivation is that he wants to be a, he- a hero so that people will think that he's cool, so that
1: he'll get girls. Uh, which, which is not the worst motivation 15, in the world, guys. but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense <laughs> for him. Uh, I had something and completely started to lose it. Oh, well, it's gone now. Um, question three, if it's not possible to make them sympathetic for a and instead their actions result in them ma- uh, making them irredeemable waste of oxygen, how do you at least make them compelling?
0: I mean, if they're only there to be, you know, if, if they're unsympathetic perverts and they're waste of oxygen, <laughs> then I don't think that you can make them compelling if that's the only reason that they're there. I think that uh, if there's more to a character than that, then you can make them interesting, uh, especially if there's. I mean, like, for example, an asshole villain can be a pervert. And if, as long as it's not, you know, taking the, uh, oh fuck, uh, shit, a Kamiga kill route of they're a pervert, therefore they rape and murder people and that's it. Then you can still make them interesting if they've got that weird, uh, deviant side to them.
1: There's also series that take characters who are perverts and make compelling characters out of them, like, uh, Onigawa master and things of that, that nature, um you could take a character who's perverted and go through the narrative of what their life is like and develop them and you know have them learn to not be shitheads and you can create you know good characters out of them yeah uh in a come or like in an adventure series i would say the one major thing to do is just make sure if you have to have one in there make sure everyone hates them and they're the butt of the joke like mineta is and things like that onigiri was kind of the butt of the joke a lot of the time but when he got really perverted and sexy he usually came out ahead and mm-hmm. that's a bad stroke to take stroke was a weird word to choose for that but i'm keeping it
0: also everyone for some reason just kept him on their team despite the fact he was the weakest member and he was useless all of the time <laughs> all right uh let's move on from there to supernova rx's question hello Timatron and Rolo prime
1: it yeah is i got optimus yeah
0: It is I, the one and only Supernova Rx. I have returned, and I have questions. Let's get started. One, if the Sternritter took over a KFC to start their takeover of every world, which positions would they take in the restaurant? And yes, Yuhabag is the mascot. Uh, I don't know how many positions you think are available in a fast food restaurant. There's not a lot, and unfortunately, people kind of have to do everything in there. Now, let's pretend that it's a regular restaurant. (laughs) Um... So what the fuck is that Uh What's the fucking thing? The guy who makes suggestions based off of like wine and food oh, combinations? Uh,
1: the concierge,
0: something like that. So that's obvious. That's obviously Grammy's position. He's got to make you know imaginative
1: choices. Uh, what goes well with this beef Wellington? Water, and <laughs> and and what would pair well with this pasta? probably water with ice <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait my ultimate suggestion
1: two waters with ice <laughs> and perhaps a lemon slice on the side can i at least get like a spritzer whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. his head explodes and he just becomes a brand of jar again. i never conceived of seltzer
0: <laughs> um Oscar Naklavar uh, would be the uh, head waiter because he's the only fucking charming person out of that entire group. Mm. Um, let's see
1: here. I want uh, Gerard to be the chef so you can hear him in the back like, yes, this steak is perfect, like screaming <laughs> every time he cooks something. What
0: is he, like, giant while he's doing
1: it? (laughs) Well, he's bigger, but he's always screaming. Because remember, he was always, like, super hyped. He was always, like, a Thor dude. So he's always just going to be like, YES! THESE GREEN BEANS ARE exquisite," And then puts them on the plate. He
0: also uses, like, short order chef terms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, Asnode is the one that they send out whenever a customer is angry uh, about their order. So, despite the fact that the entire place is a fucking train wreck uh, and nobody knows how to do their goddamn job, Asno goes and confronts them and they're like, I'll pay. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. All right, number two, Chris. Spoilers. What did you think of Revolver's secret card being mere Force? This um, being a reference to Yu Gi Oh! Reigns. I
1: don't think I got to that point yet. I haven't watched it. In oh, like, no! So, you spoiled it for me, jerk. You monster.
0: Secret card is Mirror Force. Remember that.
1: I'll get to that at some
0: point. Question three Your favorite Transformers that aren't Optimus, Megatron, Bumblebee, or Starscream? Uh, Well, you left the entire Beast Wars line out of there, so. Dinobot.
1: Uh, I love jazz because nothing is funnier to me. Like maybe the best part of the Transformers movie is the shitty annoying jazz robot who's like got like the shitty black voice they put on him and he's just dancing around and Megatron just grabs him. He's like, I'm so fucking tired of this shit and just rips him in half, <laughs> just tears him from the middle apart. It's the and best
0: so The black Autobots the only one to die in that movie (laughs)
1: it's fucking it's so great because you're just like fuck this annoying little robot who keeps like dancing around Megatron zapping him he's just like get out of here just rips him out in a scene that does not have the gravity of like oh my god one of the four Autobots is dead
0: and then they're like (laughs) and then at the end Optimus is like oh jazz Oh well, <laughs> throws his body in the dumpster. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have danced around Megatron for five minutes. All right, well, Sam, you have helped us. Let's listen to the Linkin Park together. <laughs> <laughs> Question four If you could join a low tier villain gang along the lines of Team Rocket or the Rubber Robo
1: Gang, I don't even know what that's referencing, which group would you join? I join Team Skull from the newer Pokemon games because they're like not Team sure. Rocket, but nobody likes them and nobody respects them.
0: <laughs> like, everyone thinks the group is Goopers. Well, they're not even the real villains of that uh, game, are they?
1: No, but, like, usually the the henchmen of the villain group, people are always like, oh, no, like, it's Team Flare's who's here or whatever. But when Team Skull shows up, they're like, fucking Team Skull's here. He's an annoying so, asshole. Someone get rid of them. <laughs> and this <laughs> You, <suck>. 10-year-old
0: child. <laughs> Like, get rid of these assholes. Uh, question five. Nick, you are now the punisher. You use puns to fight supervillains. Which villain would you fight and how would you beat them?
1: Fuck off. Ooh, I got an idea. So you're the punisher, so you had to fight uh, other word-based villains. So you fight Kevin Smith's creation, Automatopia, who just <laughs> fights basically by exclaiming sound effects. That's amazing. <laughs> Sadly, Automata P. I don't think has shown up in anything else except for that, uh, Kevin Smith's Batman series. That is a far
0: more interesting idea for a character than the pun ish'er. I'm <laughs> so sick of that joke. <laughs> All right, question six: Bacchus, the god of wine, the god of wine. Sorry, and the love general. I don't even know what the fuck that is have teamed up to try and get the girls and we never learned to hook up with the main male character. I keep forgetting their names, <laughs> hence no names <laughs> given. So Bacchus, the god of wine, and whoever the love general is, have teamed up to try and get all the girls to hook up with Ego. What kind of crazy plans would they come up with? Um, well, See, Bacchus's like, idea would be to get everyone drunk and let them just, you know, have at it.
1: Which would probably not be a good sign because we, we know that, like... A single drop of wine turns the most adult character of the group into a fucking like maniac. So, so yeah, yeah can't do the, it. the one like authoritative character to keep order there would be useless immediately. Yeah, uh, is when well, he says the love general, is he referring to Pepe from Bleach, the love character? What? I don't know. Like I've try, i try, I tried typing into love general to see if it, like there was a character. screen. dumb things popped up. He's the only other person I can think of of love.
0: I don't know. Didn't he use his love to make other people love him? I don't think
1: that would... I think they would be counterproductive if that were the case. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I feel like when they make a character whose whole concept is they use love to help out, like, they never make it to a point where it's actually efficient and effective in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. It's always, like, the same, like, strategy each time. So yeah. they'd use the same strategy, and it would fail all the time, and uh, nothing would really progress.
0: I mean, Bacchus. We're talking here about you know a Greek god of you know fucking orgies and boozing. So I don't think that he would be helpful in the long term. It would just
1: why don't you have an orgy?
0: <laughs> it's just it's just like hedonism bought from Futurama. <laughs> <Ooh>! <laughs> I think you should have an orgy and like... invite me. <laughs> Just, like, he's really on the nose about it. He doesn't even, like, come up with a scheme to get them drunk. He just, like, clops over. Is like,
1: I know! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: question seven, last one. If you had to live in a sitcom-like lifestyle in the digital world, which Digimon would you live with, i.e. as a pet, with an annoying neighbor, the cool uncle, etc.? Okay, so uh agamon would be my uh my my slacker best friend uh my enabling slacker best friend that i just hang out on the couch with all the time and then we just play video games uh and you know smoke pot uh tentomon would be our third roommate who hates us because he's constantly trying to get his degree uh because he's a nerd and uh Gabumon would be our landlord, who's always trying to be very reasonable with us. Like, guys, you've got to pay your rent. Come on, and we're like, shut up, Gabumon. The world needs us, and we're just like, I don't know, jumping out the window to go and do zany things.
1: He's like, I just fixed that window. Oh, ba! <laughs> Gabumon, the power's out. You guys didn't pay your electrical bill. The pet with the wiring's working just fine. Fix the wiring, Gabumon. <laughs> I'd like to think uh, me and Gomamon live together, and Joe is our landlord, and we're just Oh, const- yeah. Agumon's not the slacker best friend. Gomamon is. <laughs> and we're just constantly <laughs> beleaguering him by not doing anything. And he comes in, he's like, You know, you guys, I had to sell other apartments in here. You can at least clean up the lawn from the last time you had a party. And we're like, Shut up, loser, Joe. You fucking nork. Yeah, you're a fucking nork, Joe. You clean it up. And he's like, Aww. That's not even the word. Yes, it is. You're a dork and a narc. <laughs> He's like, I guess I'll go clean it up then. And then it's just it's 22 minutes of us playing video games, as you can see Joe cleaning up the front yard from the window. And that's like every episode. Old, like
0: those old shows that used to be about you know people just, like, sitting in lawn chairs watching the sunset. Except it's you sitting on the couch playing video games. Not you, like commenting on video games that you're playing or even putting the camera on the video games just you sitting on the couch yeah. slurping sodas <laughs> could...
1: all right i'm gonna tell you this right now i'm making a one episode of this series it's an adult swim show which explains why it got made it's me <laughs> and Gomon on the couch the whole thing with joe happens it's been 20 or er, yeah probably about 20 minutes of regular show and it's just us playing video games occasionally things happen like machine jermon just walks in and i like we turn and i just look at high five him <laughs> And then we go back to plane, and he stands there for a little bit. Leaves comes back with an iced tea, and he's like crouched down because it's in the room, so he has to like squeeze it. He has a little glass of iced tea. And disfigures. Then eventually he just leaves. <laughs> and that's that's really the only thing that breaks up the twenty don't minutes even of watching us
0: arriving or leaving. <laughs> well, I, I
1: high five him once. Like I turn, Wait, him, we see him. But when he leave, you high-five. don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, nothing. He just he, he takes he takes the iced tea, never really drinks it. Like probably as he turns to leave, it just drops on the ground and shatters. And that's the end of the episode. I'm like, Joe, can you clean that up, too? <laughs> Credits. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Let's. Oh, God, there's a lot here. All right. Lum Ramiyasha. Lum Hey there, Golden Freeman and Ultra Instinct Chris. I like mine better. Dragon Ball Super recently ended, and it inspired a bunch of questions I want to ask you guys. Last time I asked Dragon Ball Super questions, it couldn't answer them. So this time, they aren't all about Dragon Ball, but rather topics based on what happened in it. There you mm-hmm. go, Nick. Question one. If Sailor Moon was given a Dragon Ball Super-style continuation, what would it be about? And what would Sailor Moon's awesome new transformation a la Ultra Instinct be?
0: Uh, I imagine it would be probably about, like, I don't know, when they're actually adults uh, by this point. Uh, I think that any... Sailor Moon revival that's going to happen is actually going to have to be about, you know, a next phase in their lives as opposed to, well, let's just do it again. But with like higher budget animation, that isn't done when the series airs. Uh, and I get I the only thing that I could come up with when I first read this was like, I don't know, something with fucking ribbons, <laughs> <laughs> something with a ribbons. like long fucking ribbons trail off of them to represent their new levels of power or something.
1: Well, Would it just be the ends of the ribbons on like the like the swell of their back that essentially gets longer? So they just have like like the
0: ribbons that they are summoned when when Sailor Moon transforms like are trailing off of her. So actually it wouldn't just be ribbons because some of them take different things. Like I think Mercury's is bubbles and like uh, Jupiter had like an electrical pattern or something like that. So whatever that is, is like left trailing off of their bodies uh, after the transformation.
1: Okay, so I couldn't think of a serious answer for this, so I came up with the joke answer. It's a series. They're a little bit further into the future. They're college students now, but they're all attending the same college, so it's really convenient. So a little bit older, and they're taking place in, like, an Angel Grove kind of town that needs help, but also going to the college are the ronin warriors and it's it's a constant competition between the two groups to see who can take advantage (laughs) yeah they're rivals because there's only a limited amount of crime ever happening in this shitty little town so they're constantly fighting over who gets to fight it and that's the real challenge wait crime not like
0: demons or perils that plague the moon kingdom just like crime just crime like that's Just the only People thing... in fucking ski masks <laughs> trying to rob the bank. That's a
1: little high.
0: And a that's... bunch of girls in, in schoolgirl outfits, trailing ribbons, and thunder and fire, and fucking samurai show up to stop them. <laughs>
1: You're a little ahead of yourself. The cops will, like, actual, like, bank robbers might be, like, a season or maybe even series finale. We're talking about, like, jaywalkers and, like, litterers and stuff like this. But they're literally, like, it's basically, like, almost like a prank show. Like, Sailor Moon will be coming and, like, one of the Ronin warriors will open the door and, like, knock her out so that they can run and stop this guy who just threw his trash on the ground first. And then
0: in the second season, the big crossover event they have is... Sonic from the Sonic Adventures 90s cartoon, where he would do the Sonic Says segments. And he's faster than all of them, running around in order to give lectures in his Urkel voice. Like and they're like, God damn it, this Sonic guy. So that's the big team up truce episode that the yeah. Ronin Warriors
1: <laughs> scouts have. At the end of the episode, Sailor Moon knocks out the red uh, Ronin Warrior with the frying pants so she you can go know she, his name. So she can go tell someone to stop speeding. His name is Keith Chris. <laughs> it was not. It was like Ryu or something like that. I might be thinking of the main character from Voltron. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Some color (laughs) coded thing. Hang on. Let me check on what their fucking names were. I think it was like Sai. I think it was like Rio. That was it. Rio, Kento, Sage, Sai, and Rowan. Yeah. Uh, Rio, yes. Kento. That was his
0: fucking name. Okay. The orange one. Yes. Sai. Oh, man. So. That's my idea for the character from the sword Green Dude, Orange Eats-A-Lot Comic Relief Earth Dude, Red Fire Dude, Blue Trident Water Guy, and Black Arrows
1: Dude. Uh, I think he was purple. Get it right. Was he? Yeah, he was purple. They're not gonna do black. That was a villain color. All I remember
0: is that the one that used the death Scythe became their new mentor figure guy.
1: Nah, it was purple. The purple guy had an arrow. And when was, they all got separated, for some reason, he got sent to a bubble in space. Like, they all got separated, like, areas that were supposed to be kind of related to their element. And for some reason, he was a bubble in space. All right.
0: You have to understand, Ronin Warriors. Is really far down on my list of Power Rangers knockoffs.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my first anime. Uh, question two. A few months ago, uh, Toriyama revealed in an interview that Saiyans have something called S-cells in their body, and having more of them is what helps them power up into Super Saiyans more easily. Essentially, he introduced the Dragon Ball's equivalent of m- midichlorians. In your opinion, what are some of the worst, of Staging changes to the original work that manga have retconned in their series retroactively?
0: Uh, that's not a problem with me. Okay. So... Uh, that's, that's kind of like seems like an unrelated question almost <laughs> It's like, you no, know, that makes sense, actually, because we've established very heavily up to that point, like genetics with Saiyans anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that Gohan and the, the, the way that half Saiyans work on their differences from full blooded Saiyans and stuff is like, that's no, not a problem with me. So Yeah, I've,
1: I've had less of a problem with this as time goes on. I will have an answer for this, and it's one that's very notable Weekly Monquette Recaps history of uh, introducing the idea that <laughs> the Uchiha, when they lose someone important to them, <laughs> are genetically bred to become evil, insane people. So that was something that kind of fucked the series up for me for a while. But uh, I don't have an issue with like the Midichaurian stuff. Like I get why people are bothered by it, but... It's one of those things, I'm like, I guess my innocence as a child has died down enough that I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, they would need something, right? (laughs) Like, the Force can't literally just be magic. Like, eventually we find an answer for stuff, right?
0: Uh, I think that the one example I can think of is um, Zangetsu is not actually Zangetsu, but the part of Yuhabak that is Ichigo's Quincy powers. And he was actually working to prevent Ichigo from becoming a Soul Reaper this whole time. It's like, no, he fucking wasn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You
0: can easily tell that. (laughs) That That's true. He specifically fucking said, call out my name when Ichigo said Zangetsu.
1: (laughs) All right. Next question. Question three. Android 17 really surprised me in Super. Going from a minor antagonist that I feel strongly about in DBZ. One of my favorite characters in the series. What are some of your guys' favorite instances of what a minor or less interesting character is later developed into a really cool and compelling character a long time after the initial introduction
0: uh, if we're talking about like villain characters uh, Gajiel really like the character the Gajiel turned into
1: yeah I can see that um hmm. to a, I guess a similar extent L- Luvia not Luvia um Levy Levy was a character mm. who, when they introduced, was just like one of the like twenty background members of Fairy Tale yeah. that she didn't care she about. She had her goobers that hung out with her, and eventually she became too important for them. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, basically, uh, so I like that a lot. I like that kind of uh, character. Um, hmm. I like
0: what uh, I like. Some of the characters that were brought back in I uh, Shield Twenty One towards the end, like I like what they did with uh, Habashira. You know, he basically yes, only that's... showed up for that one game, and then came back at the very end. Um, and yeah, everyone was the, like, oh, it's
1: <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> one scene in the middle when they first got knocked out of the tournament officially, that yeah. was like a scene in the middle that gave it. But yeah, that payoff eventually down the line was great.
0: Yeah, never let you completely forget about him, but he wasn't doing anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like minor characters in One Piece that show back up, like Hachi was a cool one. Uh, Perona getting something again, the series is really cool. So there's a lot of small ones like that. Mm. Uh, question four, I mentioned before that I really love what they did with Master Roshi in Torment because I felt it really provided a sense of closure to his character I didn't feel we got in Dragon Ball. Not only did Super let Roshi have a chance to also shine in battle, but I succeeded in using uh, the Bufuba to defeat opponent. It also touched upon his role as a mentor slash father figure of Goku in an emotional way that really hadn't happened since the last fight of the King Pickle arc. What are some other characters in manga you feel didn't get a satisfying closure of their character arcs by the end of the series, or it took a really long time to receive that closure after the series seemed to forget about him?
0: Uh, any any series that has a very large "quote unquote" main cast.
1: <laughs> Jumanji, <laughs> goddammit it, Jumanji! What was wrong with Jumanji, Chris? He never got his closure. Who? Jumanji.
0: Oh, from my Show Twenty One. Oh, I thought you were talking about the movie first
1: Yeah, I'm like Jumanji, the movie. <laughs> it needs <laughs> to be liked, respected for.
0: I thought you liked that movie, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> I, <I'm>, <laughs>
1: yeah I cried. <laughs> Uh, it's a great movie by the way. I saw it a couple weeks ago. The fun. new one? Yeah. Okay, have gotcha. fun. Yep.
0: Um it. let's see here.
1: Yeah, Jumanji, go ahead. Uh, Jumanji is really good. I just wish that character had gotten like a closure at the end of it. It felt like they were going to again the whole. I will teach film. you all of my hand techniques, which yeah. you won't use. Yeah, like it was one of those things that were like, oh, it'd be nice if he had a cool moment. Especially when they also built him to be one of the major characters of like the B team too, like him and mm-hmm. uh, Takumi, I think it was, and then the, like just never went anywhere. Like they gave it enough to be like, oh, he's part of like the cool school now, so he's a part of like the really good team that's built up. But it was just like, I wish he had had a satisfying conclusion in, like, the Devil Bat stuff or during the World Tournament arc?
0: Um, I would say also, uh, let's see here. Uh, of course, <laughs> there's going to be a lot like of a characters. <laughs> unf- unfurls the scroll. Uh, there's a lot of characters in Bleach. I mean, too many to goddamn go over them all. I already mentioned Tatsuki earlier. Um, that whole group of Ichigo's friends definitely just got abandoned after uh, the whole thing with Aizen was done. Uh, a lot of the Soul Reaper characters, honestly. Uh, and then there were some that really should not have been given a day in the limelight. We really needed a flashback focusing on what an awesome person Sasuke was, let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, Naruto, of course, uh, Hinata at least got her happy ending, but it, she really got kind of just got forgotten about a lot, was not used consistently. Uh, her and Kiba and Shino's team really got the shaft in that one arc where it looked like they were going to be major supporting characters. Uh, Lee Um, so it's a lot like (laughs) just anytime you're going to have a big battle series where it's like I need to make a bunch of interesting characters like there are going to be some that are just underutilized I guarantee you by the end of uh, My Hero Academia we're going to be like why didn't Shoji ever get to do more or why didn't Tokayami get to do any more yeah
1: alright Next uh, Next question here. Uh, question five. Goku and Frieza teaming up to shake Jou Jiren was pretty dope. What are some of your favorite moments in Manga War from a villain teams up with the hero to defeat a bigger threat? I do like
0: some of the things that the Dragon Ball movies would do with Goku and Vegeta. Uh, mm-hmm. That was really the only time that you really got a chance to see them actually specifically working together because Vegeta had too, you know.
1: Too much Saiyan too pride.
0: Too much, too much penis envy um, going on for uh, the majority of the actual canon to do any of the team-up stuff. But it would look really cool to see whatever
1: it did happen. Uh Luffy teamed up with Crocodile to get out of Impel Down, and then eventually mm-hmm. in the Marineford arc was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other ones. I had some, and for some reason I'm totally losing them right now.
0: Luffy and Gentle's eventual team-up.
1: <laughs> uh Oh, Medora, or... Yeah, Bedora from Toriko. Like when he would team up and eventually start to fight against Neo. it was really cool and satisfying to see all that. Uh, There was a couple character team ups. Like I I believe I'm I'm probably forgetting this a little bit, but I believe there are moments where like Aegon teamed up with characters he was complete shitheads to in the World Tournament arc. Was kind of satisfying. Especially
0: when they they started doing the Dragonfly and the uh, U.S. match. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so there's cool moments like that. It is a really satisfying thing to get him for a moment too in those sort of sort of arcs. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I dig those. Uh f- fuck, what was it?
0: Oh I I had it and I lost it. Uh oh, damn it. Oh well. Wow.
1: Yeah. Uh question six even though Frieza helped def- uh, Goku defeat Jiren, uh it's doubtful he'll stop his evil ways. Are you sure? I mean it did end what? with him. <laughs> Like, introducing his new galactic super army. But that said, I think it's time for the series to move on from having to be the villain of another arc and stop Kingdom off just to replace him with other character that's exactly like him or bring him back from the dead yet again. We know Fisa is going to play a large role in Dragon Ball Super Movie, but what do you think the series should do with him in the future of the franchise? Personally, I think he could become Beerus' apprentice to become the next god of destruction, because you don't have to be a good person to become a god of destruction. Beerus himself destroys planets on a whim for petty reasons, but his more malevolent tendencies could be kept in check by Whis, uh, from Wise rather, as well as Goku and Vegeta since they're stronger than him and have always been trained on Beerus's planet.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, I understand the
0: problem with Frieza. You know, like, he's the most popular villain that Dragon Ball ever produced. So you kind of have to keep on going back to the well because any villain that has been introduced in comparison to him has been at least a little disappointing. Uh... And honestly, like the least disappointing villain since Frieza was basically knockoff Frieza with Cell. So, um, so I mean, it, it is a difficulty, a difficult situation then because like, okay, well, what do you do with him now? Because you have to keep on bringing him back because otherwise any villain's going to be disappointing and you kind of have to use him in that role. And I think it would have been better off if he just stayed dead, honestly.
1: I I think he's fine with having brought him back for a little bit, but I I think the series and Dragon Ball as a franchise, to have a successful future, does need to find a way to move on past him. They've created good villains since then. I mean, Beerus is an interesting kind of character in the franchise, Mm -hmm. so they could do interesting things with him. Jiren was not the best executed character, but I could still see value to him in the future of Dragon Ball as a franchise. There's other characters they could bring up. They need to just develop cool villains. The thing with Frieza, why he feels so fucking ubiquitous is because not only is he like the poster boy of villains for for Dragon Ball, but like all of Jump. I mean, consider that Jump Force came out in the trailer and the only villain they showed was Frieza. Like, he's just more memorable than, you know, One Piece's kind of eclectic cast of villains that none have any kind of hierarchy or Naruto's like revolving door of villains being killed off by other villains towards the end of it. Like Now, I'm the final villain. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's, there's definitely some really cool ones they could do. I think they just need to keep building iconic characters. Like, Freeze is always just going to have kind of an element in the series. But I'd like it to be, like, kept more to, like, sparingly use, like, almost anniversary things and go from that if you have to. Like, they're going to have to deal with the fact that he's around right now. But, like, the fact that Dragon Ball exists in a universe where you can, like, regularly reach the afterlife and wish people back to life means that, you know, these characters always have the potential of coming back. Mm-hmm uh seven and finally did you like dragon ball super's ending more than the ending of dragon ball z or gt what is your favorite ending between all the arcs of dragon ball in general
0: okay i couldn't answer the first part of this um (laughs) because i haven't (laughs) watched dragon ball super but uh if we're talking about the endings that i have seen uh i do actually really like the ending to the Z part where it's just, you know, it's like, okay, everything is resolved happily and we, you know, everyone just kind of like moves on with their lives. That was actually a really nice note to end things on. But my favorite ending to an arc is actually the end to the whole Namek arc uh, where it's like, okay, we've got the Dragon Balls. Everything is back to normal. We revived our friends, but Goku's not here because he is traveling off in the galaxy and I think that that would have actually been a really interesting note to end everything on, is that Goku has gone off into the into the universe in order to have more adventures because he's this perpetual, he's always seeking out new challenges. That's just who he is, uh, and it's a different thing for him to be away than for him to be dead in a series where death means nothing, and you know away by his own will. And, you know, you leave off on that. Okay, well, we've got to, you know, get on with everything without him then for the time being until he comes back. And I think that's a really interesting note to just leave stuff
1: on. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I will say my favorite end to an arc would probably be the cell arc of Dragon Ball because I liked it on the same similar thing. Like Goku is dead, but he's actively said, like, don't bring me back. Please don't bring me back. I think it's better for earth if i'm not around i can still do things up here but you guys save and leaving off on the notion of like the passive the torch to the next generation like gohan's already proven himself to be stronger than me so you know i uh, you know i'm wishing you guys the best And it's kind of a happy ending for most of the characters like 18s left they took the bombs out of her so she could start this relationship with krillin and like future trunks is going to be able to go into the future vegeta has that knowledge of like oh i get to have a family in the future like this is crazy well, that's uh, weird <laughs> <laughs> that's strange uh it was just a nice place to kind of end things on and then like obviously we now know what happens but like it just felt like a good kind of place to be like and there'll still be many adventures to come and things like that Mm. uh as for dragon ball super's ending i it's oh it's good i i don't know if i like it better than z's although i'm blanking a bit on everything that ends with z but generally speaking like super has ended in a place where i'm like i guess there has to be more because it's a weird place to end otherwise (laughs) Because there's not a lot of conclusion to it. We basically sat through a tournament for like 40 episodes now where the end of it was. And, and we're just, done. I just undid everything. <laughs> like everything got undone with the purpose of the tournament to begin with. So it's a weird place to kind of end. I said the only real tease is the thing that like Vegeta or um, Frieza is going to start a new evil empire. Um, but outside of that, there's not really a whole lot of like setup for the future.
0: Hmm. Okay, got some questions here from Jack Lebrano. Uh, although it begins with a with a, a rant aimed specifically at you, because apparently you missed the point of the Wonder Woman movie. Um, I have not seen Wonder Woman, so I don't know.
1: Hold but. on, let me read this. He didn't cause world war the Little amuse. <laughs> people did that. Yes, but the entire point was that Wonder Woman kept saying. That Ares is the cause of the war. And then she finds out, no, man is bad. But she's still right because Ares is still causing the war. like they, she kills him, and then she's like, all the people are still doing this. but then she actively really kills Ares and all the soldiers give up and they're like, let's they start shaking hands with the US officers. So you don't really get a strong idea whether Ares is actively causing the wars or not. Like literally just killing a God uh, God calls everyone in the area to start shaking hands in peace. And unless that was an interpretive way of displaying their insanity from the act of witnessing a literal god die before them, I don't understand what other, like, interpretation you could take from that except killing the god of war granted immediate peace in the general vicinity. Also, they make General Ludendorff a character and then have fucking Wonder Woman kill him. And that's just how history is apparently going in that universe, despite the fact General Ludendorff was a real person that did not die because of Wonder Woman.
0: So there you go. All right. uh, Question one. When you covered Diamond is Unbreakable, I was shocked just how easily Nick was able to ignore the whole Yukako introduction arc where she basically does the exact thing Yuno does in Future Diary, as in kidnaps the boy she's stalking, tortures him, has him pee himself, and nearly kills him. But despite all of that, Koichi eventually forgives and gets in a relationship with her simply because she made herself prettier thanks to the Cinderella arc. Did you simply forget that happened or were those series of events somehow not as bad as they were as the main couple in Future Diary? Well, one, it's not the focus of the series and the whole point of it. So it escaped my notice a little bit, yes, amongst everything else. Lots of insane stuff happens in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, as this past couple of weeks of reading part five has reminded me. There's <laughs> some weird shit in this manga.
1: <laughs> That's half the point of it, too. Uh, and also, Kuichi's just like the most innocent good boy on the planet, and it takes a while for him to really hate anybody. So, I mean, what are you going to do?
0: Question 2. Recently I binged B, the beginning, from Netflix. I enjoyed it well enough, it was pretty good, but the contrast between serious detective drama and super ancient prophecy involving super demigod mutants didn't juxtapose as well for me. That being said, the detective antics and mind games are still done really well, and seeing that manga just loves using mind games and smart people tricks, which manga character is your favorite in terms of the
1: detective slash brilliantly smart person trope? Haruma. Yeah. That's the just the best version. A character is constantly gambling using their intelligence. It's just such a satisfying thing. Hiruma is my favorite mom character in general,
0: so I have to say Hiruma. Yeah. Question three. Does Hashtag Ray know many... <laughs> I missed this one the first time through. Question three. Does Hashtag Ray know how many looks it takes to get to the center of a
1: Tootsie Pop? Depends. How, what flavor is the Tootsie Pop? Is it chia seed flavored? Chia seed? What? Chia seed flavored. Chia seed, t- chia seed help you develop and digest things a lot more slowly. It's a more effective way of calorie intake. Alright, fine. Is it Soylent flavored? I'm asking what flavored this Tootsie Pop is. I'm not going to put it in my mouth if some disgusting flavor like root beer. Ew. Th- Thank you for the questions, Jack Lebrano. <laughs> you guys won't understand it. You don't have bad memories. You can't appreciate the taste of Chia seeds. <laughs> Soylent. <laughs> Alright. Uh FLCL question. This is from Andre Golden, Dear George Lucas, the ruler of Star Wars, and JJ Abrams T. Damn, I lost it on that one too. I just watched a crossover oh. episode of Supernatural where he meets the cat, where he meets Scooby and the gang, which gave me this idea. If you were to form your own mystery incorporate out of manga characters, who would they be? For example, Fred is Frankie as Fred Jones. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Cause he'd clearly just wear the same clothes, but they'd just be exploding off of it. <laughs>
0: well and also you know he's the carpenter of the, so he's perfectly uh, capable of just fulfilling the trap uh, role yeah,
1: yeah but like I'm trying like I don't know why like cause you have to do like the Fred's like let's split up gang I'll go out with Daphne and you guys you fucking losers go hang out wherever you are like I have to think Frankie has to have his equivalent of that and he's just like it's too boring right now let's all just split up and then just stomps off
0: it's specifically a bad idea to do it but he's just boring
1: <laughs> they're like there's only
0: two hallways. And then when we meet up together, we'll we'll form Frankie combined super mecha.
1: (laughs) Like, just the notion of, like, he's like, there's two hallways. They're like, well, we'll easily just stay as one group and explore one. He's like, nope! And then just starts running off in a direction (laughs) with a big stupid grin on his face. Uh, Usopp is Shaggy, because he'd be perfect for that role. Yes, he would. Uh, Chopper is Scooby. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty fitting. Nami is Daphne, because she's a redhead, and Robin is Velma. Um... I don't know I I, I feel like uh, I don't know if Robin
0: quite fits the mentality of a Velma honestly Yeah I'm trying to
1: think if there's like a nerdy character in One Piece that really fits that role enough Honestly I, m- I might
0: actually reverse those two uh, It
1: feels a little bit more appropriate to reverse it but Nami's still not enough of like a nerd for the character like she's mm-hmm. still much of like an outward kind of like confident character There's gotta be a character in One Piece though why am it's I not Tashiki <laughs> Tashiki actually, yeah, she would be the perfect one. She's got one. the glasses. <laughs> she literally has the thing as she drops her glasses, she can't see anything. So yeah, she'd yeah. be the perfect one for it.
0: But if we're talking about like all of manga uh specifically that were then uh the only idea that I could actually come up with when I looked at this was to have hashtag Ray as scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me add him, I've got baby memories. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that doesn't help. He has a laser gun. <laughs> He's doing the whole, like, fist-waggling dance. Let me i
1: him! Let me out him there! <laughs> uh,
0: let's see. Okay. And next uh, question is from Gottfried Schordeld. Greetings, Chris and Nick. In the god-emperor of mankind's name, I bring you some questions. I assume by the time you read this, it is the grim, dark year of 40,000, and there is only war and the laughter of thirsting gods. At the time of writing... Attack on Titan appears to be hitting its climax, and when it does, will you talk about it, considering you once read the series on Weekly Maga Recap?
1: I think once the series ends, there's certainly a level of, like, yeah, we could talk about it, maybe as, like, another recommendation episode kind of deal, and revisit Mm -hmm.
0: it. It's been a really long time since we've read it, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, back when we talked about it, I only called it Shingeki no Kyojin because it really hadn't had, like, a popularized localization name yet, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, So, yeah, we definitely could at some point. Yeah, sure. Number two,
0: how do you feel about mangas that end much quicker in comparison to others? Do you prefer a series to end before it can turn stale, or do you prefer to have the series run for longer to get every potential cool thing covered? Uh, We have answered the version of this question before, but to just go over it again, I prefer to have a series go on for too long than not long enough. Uh, I prefer the series go on longer than getting cancelled before it can actually get its ideas out because then you're left with untold stories that could be good Uh, there are definitely series that definitely go too far in the wrong direction but I prefer the one
1: to the other Uh, I think I'd be on the opposite end of that I prefer generally I prefer the series to run as long as the creator kind of has it intended to Um, but I would prefer series leave maybe me wanting more And then leave on a bad note that makes me just take a downturn on the entire series in general. Uh, Question three. And on a completely different note, did you see the new Blade Runner and did you like it? No, I haven't. But I have been watching uh, Altered Carbon, which feels like essentially not Blade Runner, but looks aesthetically exactly like what the new Blade Runner movie looked like. And that's been pretty sweet. There's a super dope scene where the character goes to like a hotel, like an AI hotel that doesn't get any customers. And he goes inside, and the like. He's get like followed by a bunch of gang members, and the AI like uh, host who looks like Paul F. Tompkins and a shitty like like curly mustache, handlebar mustache is just like, "Are you going to be staying with?" He's like, "Uh, yeah." And he's like, "Good. Well, you guys stop harassing my customer." And like a whole bunch of machine gun turrets drop from the ceiling and just murder all the fucking gang members. It's super dope. Watch the show for at least that scene carry on oh that was the end of the question
0: (laughs) uh yeah that's it that's uh, that's all for that one
1: uh okay yeah from the great rap so dear nick condescending black clover voice freeman oh you don't have any magic (laughs) and chris Elfman's man's gonorrhea larios i don't even remember that Uh, it's probably a reference to something i've completely forgot it this is all this feels like a whole bunch of references to shit it's first, a lot of references. first question what did caesar clown think of creed movie knowing his fondness for the rocky seas i'm trying We've to actually
0: seen creed and yeah, i have
1: so. well, well i'm trying to remember what was the caesar clown joke with Rocky. i know but there you, was one i don't remember how it came up i just remember
0: that caesar clown had a very strong opinion on which ones were best and which ones were worst, and he like would rank them what was it though? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't remember how it came up, but we just concluded that he was a big fan of the Rocky franchise. God,
1: I, I don't remember.
0: <sighs> I don't remember so, what it was. It was like over right. a year. So I think, I, I think Caesar Clown. You're at least. You were at least doing video episodes by then but that's all I can remember.
1: Caesar Clown definitely appreciated that the new Creed was very exciting and felt like the original, but he's very, very upset that they never brought up the fact that uh, Creed's father was killed because he hot-dogged down to the ring doing Living in America too much and he wanted that brought up more. <laughs> like, he wanted uh, the, the Michael B. Jordan character to constantly ask, why is my dad dead? And Rocky to turn to him and say well, Because and got- he thought he was Hulk Hogan Yeah, he turns to him and just <laughs> Who oh, I also fought I fought Hulk Hogan too Didn't I tell you I threw him out of the ring Hulk Hogan's a bitch <laughs> and, and Michael B. Jordan turns to and says Don't you mean Thunderlips He's like no Hulk Hogan's a bitch And I threw his ass out of the ring Thunderlips is a made up character <laughs> <laughs>
0: As opposed to Hulk Hogan Who is a real person <laughs> Exactly Oh my god That was like the weirdest fucking part It's Okay This is kind of fresh on my mind because there's been a lot of news recently about CM Punk because they finished up his trial with uh, the WWE doctor who he went on Colt Cabana's podcast and talked shit about without mentioning him by name. Mm -hmm. And Colt Cabana tried to sue him for defamation despite admitting in the trial that his reputation hadn't suffered after the
1: podcast. (laughs)
0: I love like that. no wrestlers or staff from WWE treat him differently, and they're like. But I got sent me tweets.
1: I love that also, and this is just a commentary on internet culture in general. So if you read the testimony and like the description of it, like they've they've done like beat by beat, and they talked about how like yeah. CM Punk had like started to get choked up towards oh, certain yeah. parts of it, and it was a very emotionally trying thing, and it was, it was all happening during the week of his upcoming UFC fight. Uh, Which was clearly a WWE move to just fuck with him, and it's super harsh. The only thing the fucking internet cared about, they're like, the CM stands for Chick Magnet and not Chicago Made. Like that was the top headline of so many stories about the interview, like the fucking testimony. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) because he
0: had he had to admit under he had to state under oath that yeah he started using the CM after he was part of the Chick Magnets tag team and on the Indies, and
1: And just just like come on guys,
0: that was one of the. (laughs) Things that he was (laughs) reported to be. And that was like a matter of public record anyway that he started using that when he was part of that tag team. God. It's like there is so much about that trial that is bizarrely fascinating. And honestly, the articles did not capture how much time they spent debating how big the bump on his ass was. (laughs) So much of the trial was them debating how big it actually was versus how big he claimed it to be. <laughs> anyway, the only reason I bring that up is because it reminds me of the Hulk Hogan sex tape trials where he had to talk about the difference between himself and Hulk Hogan, the character, because he si- he says, like, Terry Bollea doesn't have a foot-long penis, but Hulk Hogan does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? Like it came up in a storyline one time, like Yokozuna, well, you had to explain. Like, like Yokozuna's gonna be like, I'm taking that title, Hulk. It's like you and what army's gonna take it from me and my foot long penis.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it came up on like Howard Stern or some shit. Like he appeared like in character and he talked about how great his sexual prowess was, and then like the sex tape sexually humiliated him or some bullshit. Their
1: God. <laughs> Anyway, I, 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 this that's is, a, that's what Caesar <laughs> Crown thought of the Creed movie, you guys. <laughs> Similar tangent. Did you did you see the recent story that had uh, it was an old interview about uh, Triple H being interviewed on Opie and Anthony, and they asked about the Vince uh, like bombing, the limousine bombing, and like oh. who thought it was real. And he's just like, yeah, a lot of people called us and asked. And he like stops, He's like, probably should say this. So Donald Trump called and is like, hey, is Vince all right? <laughs> <laughs> So Donald Trump, a current president of the country, thought Vince McMahon gotten murdered via car bomb on national television of course and they went did. ahead and aired it on television. Of course he thought it was real. <laughs>
0: All right, what's this one? Oh, oh uh, That explains it, Chris. It wasn't some random Saudi prince who thought, who didn't know that Yokozuna had been dead for 15 years. It was actually Donald Trump. <laughs> he's just like, when's, Yo- when's Yokozuna coming out?
1: They <laughs> had to be like, he's been he's dead Japanese- since like the 90s.
0: Well, first of all, he wasn't actually Japanese. Where's the Japanese one coming out? <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: like, well, you mean Shinsuke
0: Nakamura? No. No. Is- the Japanese no. one. <laughs>
1: The They're like, get yo- get Yoshitatsu on the line. <laughs> just just get every random Japanese wrestler we've ever uh, had. Don't Uh
0: <laughs> No, the Japanese one. Can you be more specific, Mister President? <laughs> do you mean do you mean our number one announcer?
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, the one who did this the sand in she- the eyes. So like. I think he means Yokozuna, but Mr. Fuji's the one that had the sand in the ice trick. Does he want Mr. Fuji? Oh, dead. <laughs> I still love somebody had to break into that sunny prince. Like, Yokozuna can't make it. Why? He's dead. Oh, God. For how long? Like 20 years. <laughs> like, Scatman John was more recently <laughs> alive than Yokozuna. <laughs> All right. Uh, question two. Nick, who's your favorite antagonist in Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds? All right, I I actually
0: have to get a little bit serious for this one uh, because I do have some thoughts on this. I love Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Um, I really like a lot of the villains in Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, uh, and I actually have a clip here prepared uh, so I can share it with you to provide a little bit of context. Uh, My serious answer is Rudger uh, from... uh, Not Rudger, sorry, Rex Godwin from uh, the first uh, season. I thought that he was really interesting... And I really like the way that he played off of the fact that Ruger thought that he was the destined hero uh, who was going to stop them. But really, he just turned around and was just like, no, I'm going to actually use the powers of the good and the powers of the bad together to make myself look awesome. Um, And that he became the final villain all of a sudden at the end, after having all of his machinations going through the entire time. Also, that season features some other good villains. By the way, if you watch this and mute it, Chris, you'll understand what I'm going to talk about in just a minute. Okay, Uh, uh, You don't need any of the sound to understand what's going on. And I'm sorry that that's really poor quality, but that's the best clip that I could find online at this moment. Uh, Jack, it was a really good antagonist for the first season, the first half of the first season. Uh, The second half was really about his redemption, but I really liked the story that was told with him betraying his friends. Uh, And doing everything to hold on to his power that he had given up everything to obtain. Uh, And then uh, a lot of the Dark Singers I really like. Uh, I like uh, Kiryu. I really like uh, evil Carly. uh, And I'm really sad that uh, her voice actress went insane. And so they had to underwrite her and just reset everything that happened at the end of the first season. In order to keep her character around at all.
1: This just man like, just became a super robot
0: car. Yeah, and uh, then in season two, the villains aren't nearly as good, but Jose is amazing because Placido is a bitch. Luciano's an asshole, and Jose's got to put up with these two fucking idiot children. And when they fuck up during the big climactic final duel, he's just like, enough of this bullshit. And he runs to chase to get onto the track and combined with his D. (laughs) Just leaps into the air and. I
1: like how he's just flying arms out with this stupidly long beard at the same time too, just whipping around the wind get
0: ready team 5D's (laughs) I hope you are prepared to face my power (laughs) and he proceeds to own the shit out of Jack (laughs) so um season 2 is definitely a huge step down from season 1 Jose should have just been the final villain instead of them combining together into Aporia who then sucked despite him having huge fingers and then Zero was a weird letdown, um, but uh, there are there are a lot of good villains in Team Five in uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! Five Ds. But uh, Rex is easily the best. Mm. None of them match honestly the levels of like GX and you know original uh, dual monsters. Like none of them would be Pegasus or Merrick or uh, Ubel, for example. All right, next question
1: uh okay sorry i got distracted here uh third question chris gang Orca has asked you out to dinner where do you two go um all right so i try to think of a joke for this one and the closest thing i can think of when i think whale and restaurant is the scene in white chicks where terry cruz takes one of the the black guys in the white girl body not a white girl body they're just wearing white face makeup takes it out to a restaurant and it's like a like a like an oyster restaurant and the one guy's sucking oh, yeah. <laughs> tongues, and he's just like, "Don't worry, I have a big tongue." And like his tongue, yeah. like rolls oh. out of his mouth, and it's like three sizes too big. So I guess we go to an oyster restaurant because that's the only whale theme thing I can think of right now.
0: <laughs> Nicole has shown me the Terry Crews clips of that movie. Just those parts make it seem pretty good. Because he, Terry, Crews is Ter- amazing.
1: Terry Crews is amazing in that movie. He he he's he's so funny in it. Uh, but it is not a movie that you need to see. Uh, question four: Have you two ever thought of create your own original stories? A couple of times. Uh, I've tried
0: multiple times to get something started, and it's always kind of falling apart. You can find some of the stuff that I've written out there uh, in various places. Like I put up a backstory for uh, my character Dothar, uh back from back in the uh, uh, Wormwick oh, campaign. Yes, yes, Um, you can find that on my old blog somewhere. Uh, and if you if you I'm not going to tell you where, but I do have uh, some fan fiction uh, on fanfiction.net, <gasps> but I'm not going to tell you how to find it. Oh, uh, but uh, uh, OK, I'll give you a hint. Uh, I did a Yu-Gi-Oh! Original Series one. Uh, no, I know it. That's 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 too specific.
1: No, I did a, Come
0: on. I did a crossover that involved Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon, Digimon, and Ronmo one half. Despite the fact that I s- did not know much about Ronma at the time, I think that is the first series I ever wrote, uh, fanfiction I ever wrote.
1: Um, it, is it available on Fanfic.net?
0: As far as I know, I don't think it ever got taken down, and I never deleted it. Okay. So luck finding it.
1: So all we have to do, guys, is find a Yu-Gi-Oh story. Involving Pokemon, Digimon, and Ronbo One Half. There's only five thousand results for Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> so well, <laughs> it should be easy. Hey, and when you limit it to just the original Yu-Gi-Oh, there's only thirty-five hundred. So, so we're with that, we're eliminating it all the time, any second and, now. Uh, if
0: you if you if you do uh, if you do think that you found it, I don't know. Send me a message, uh, and I'll let you know.
1: Oh, is this gonna be like the the James Gunn uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Easter egg? The Where, what now? So there's like a hidden, not a hidden, there's just an Easter egg in Guardians of the Galaxy that apparently no one's been able to find. Oh. James Gunn says there's one unfound Easter egg in Guardians of the Galaxy one, and people keep saying to him, like pictures all the time. He's like, that's not nope. an Easter egg. Nope. And they're like, is it real? He's like, I 100% am serious. There's an Easter egg you still haven't found. I will 100% tell you when somebody sends it to me and it's the right one. Cool. So it's going to be like that, I guess um okay sorry i got distracted again uh oh yeah no uh for other original says yeah i've done some stuff out there there's uh i don't know if my blog still exists i think that may All be right, gone here. right now
0: okay, um, hang on i just i found my old profile let me make sure that that crossover is actually still up there it's not ah oh. sorry guys okay um okay I'll give you another hint. Okay. If you can find my profile, the, the series that I've written for on fanfiction.net are inclusive. So no others aside from this. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, Bleach, Avatar The Last Airbender, Teen Titans, and Show 21. Ooh. There you go. So if you find a profile that has those specific series that is written for and no others then chances are you have found
1: me and if you find it i will send you a weekly manga recap pin which does not exist (laughs) you just get an empty envelope in the mail (laughs) (laughs) i just send you an email with a virus in it i guess that i I
0: must have at some point when i was much younger realized that it was just not good and just bye
1: (laughs) (laughs) i have that with a lot of things i have tried writing original stories in the past in fact uh during my high school years, I spent time writing a series based off a game me and my friend used to play called Power Battlers, which was just us creating fictional fight like, characters to fight against one another. And I wrote like three whole books that were supposed to be about this, basically during class because I was a bad student. Uh, that were awful. Like the main characters, were, the main character was a super powered cat. Because I had a cat, and I was like, I made him my main character, and it was a cat that shot, well, he shot laser beams and missiles out of his mouth and moved at super speed, so it was kind of dorky, but he also had a dragon and a robot and a sea serpent friend who also fought with them. It was a stupid series. Uh, I did try to write another series in, like, the past five years that I actually had some interesting concepts with, but I just could never, like work it into something that was fully realized and I've tried creating like short story original fiction stuff before but I've never finished anything. Perhaps I'll try again. Um there is something Nick and I have been trying to do that is an original story of a sort. Mm-hmm. Uh but we I, I probably shouldn't say more until we can actually get nah, it off nah. the ground.
0: Yeah, we've uh we've had a lot of stuff come up but we do have a pretty strong outline so far.
1: Mhm. Uh, fifth question here. You two both wake up to find you've gone to Vegas and gotten married to a character for Black Clover. Which character do you pray you didn't get married to? Real? Uh, you know. Oh, real and actually, yeah, real's the answer. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know
0: won't bother with you. He'll just, like, you know, go off and do his own shit because he yeah, doesn't have it's human emotions. Yeah, probably a good emotions.
1: idea because then I'm married, so I'm obligated to get half his money and stuff.
0: Yeah, and he'll make a lot because he's going to, if not be the Wizard King, he's going to make a lot of fucking cash and stuff doing his stuff with his 4 leaf grimoire thingy
1: mm-hmm. exactly so yeah that's that's 100% the way to go right mm. um yeah so real is the answer you don't want to and you know's the one you want to wake up married to
0: all right uh next uh, I think I'll do another one after this because I'm the one all right uh, I'm currently participating in a group rereading of Naruto, and I'm finding that a lot of things that seemed like ass pulls were actually foreshadowed in advance. We see Itachi crying before the wave arc, Naruto notices Indra within Sasuke during their encounter in the Kage Summit arc, etc. Have you ever reread a series and noticed foreshadowing for things you didn't realize were there? No one piece examples, please, that's too obvious. Uh, I don't know about rereading manga and finding foreshadowing examples, but I can definitely say that uh, because I've taken to, you know, binging series I'm already familiar with with uh, Nicole, that we have you know, do, that, do that all the time. We're just like, oh, look, there's that that happened and uh, stuff like, you know, Futurama and like, oh, that was set up a really long way in advance, actually. And, uh, you know, the original run.
1: Uh, when I was doing, I was working on the concept of doing video essays for Fairy Tale for a while, uh, and I've kind of just had to put that on the, the back burner right now. But on rereading different parts of Fairy Tale, I did notice that there were certain parts of it that did foreshadow themselves a little more, a little bit more than maybe we gave them credit for. So uh, hmm. I will always say that rereading tends to help with a lot of that stuff. Sometimes these things are played out a little bit more, and we give them credit for.
0: Hmm. All right. Next up from questions from. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce this. It's spelled like Gemini but this, it's, it's, at the end, it, 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 so I'm going to say gemini
1: It's GP, I thought. It's, it says questions from Jim. Jimenia. Oh, yeah, the gemini yeah. GP Gemini-a.
0: right. Hello, Nick, best genist Freeman and Chris Gangorcalarius. I and mean, Finally, Chris, I win. One? Yeah, yeah i uh, been somewhat down on My Hero Academia pretty much since the All Might One For All fight, and I'm not really sure wh- uh, why. I'm fine with the License Exam arc. Looking back, had some nice moments, and it helped us cool down after the Major arc that just happened, but for whatever reason, I don't feel I ever got fully invested in the Hasakai arc, and the current School Festival arc seems to serve a similar function as a breather as of this writing. Uh, let's see here. There's a lot of sharing thoughts on this point, so let me see here. Uh... Do you feel that Deku finally developing his power to decent control affects the dynamic of the series? Do you feel that maybe the series has stagnated a bit in its progression? It doesn't really feel much that has really changed since the All for One fight. Uh, I think that we are definitely... I, I will agree that I think that the Shiei guy, the overhaul stuff was kind of <laughs> disappointing overall. Um, I guess just because... Overhaul was very much just kind of like just a guy to fight and defeat and everything is... His influence over the series is basically done now that they've uh, freed Aerie and uh, have gotten her happy again. Like, that's basically done. (laughs) So... I don't even recall. Do they... Well, they
1: took his arms. They took his hands.
0: Yeah, I don't know if... Did they did the League of Villains get their hands on the power sapping bullets? They got
1: something. Yeah, they did get they got I forget they if got they, a, a I, test sample. I forget if the they
0: run. took that. I forget if because I can't remember what it was. Did they transport that along with him? Or yeah, did I think
1: it? I think we made a joke that they transferred the two most important things together together. In and one both vehicle. they both got they captured. So, yeah. So the, the, I guess then the, that might come
0: up, but I do. I mean, he was small potatoes next to the whole thing with uh, all for one. Um, and there are parts of that arc that, that obviously didn't work out very well. We were just kind of like, well, no, the girl's going to do something. Oh, they're not. OK. Um, but it was important, I think, to, you know, pointing out like, hey, you know, this is Night I set a very strong example uh, for what could happen to a hero. Uh, I think that was an important thing to do. I do think that the school festival arc was really, really good, though.
1: Yeah. I can understand why people might find it's been stagnated, because it doesn't feel as though the villains are ranking up and we've constantly had the looming threat of Shigaraki in the background, but we haven't actually gotten to see him engaged in anything. But I think that's actually really important because it makes that upcoming fight with Shigaraki more impactful. Like... One Piece had a better way of doing this in that there was constantly, like, a single path the characters had to follow, and the larger threats of, like, Blackbeard and and Don Quixote, or Doflamingo, rather, uh, like, those were always so far in the background that you could kind of just be like, oh, well, they'll get to those when they get to the islands those characters are on, and we'll deal with, like, a crocodile and a like, mori and stuff like that in the meantime, so...
0: And also, I think it makes them, you know, feel more like superheroes to have, you know, other stuff going on aside from stuff related to the League of Villains. Yeah, you know, that makes it seem more like a war than it does. We're fighting a bunch of different villains and fighting
1: crime and stuff. Mm. All right. Uh, do you want to make uh, some of these last questions then? Yeah, I think that we're going to wind down from here. Okay. Uh, maybe do two more. All right. Uh, Dear, Y ruler of time, alien force, and ultimate Rolo T? I'm trying to think where those guys are from. Oh, those are copy. both those are both Ben Ten uh, uh, okay. series. I don't know if you guys remember slash cared about Ben Ten, but just in case, it's a boy who has the alien device and Omnitri- uh, Omnitrix latched around his, list that to, or his wrist that allows his to change into ten different animal species alien species at will. Another question. The device latches onto your wrist. What ten aliens can you think of? Anything from fiction, not just manga, to make it easy. Bonus: give all the names. Bonus, bonus. Read Fire Punch. <laughs> okay.
0: I didn't come up with names for these, but I could come up with some stuff. Uh, the first one that popped in my head was uh, the Predator from Predator. Uh, okay. A hork from Animorphs. Uh, Wookie from Star Wars. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I had some others in mind, but I've, they're starting to slip away now. Oh, Jocko. <laughs> I don't
1: know, any, any others you can think of? I mean, I could do, like, easily, you could just be, like, a Saiyan and just get, like, cool forms. But in my mind, the first thing, I was like, i want to be an Elcor from Mass Effect, and I just sit there like a fucking walking elephant, and just like, Hey, guys. Deep, condescending phone. You fucked up, boy. <laughs> Shit like that. Like, I just want to be the constant, like, slow-moving dude. I'm just like, if I'm not careful on my planet, I would explode by a single mistake. And everyone's like, you're <laughs> depressing to be around. I'm like, awareness. Thanks I'm, for noticing me. I'm quite aware of this. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal truth. Yes, every day is hell. <laughs> All right. Uh...
0: I think I think we'll uh, close on this one then from Pheasant Tail. Dear Weiruller, Time Force, Time Force, Power Rangers, Time Force. That's not how the song goes. And Rollo Tea, a drink with jam and bread.
1: What? It's I think a song. Isn't that tea? Is it? a drink with jam and bread. I
0: guess. All hold right. on.
1: Tea song. A uh, drink with. Yeah. Hold on. A tea. A drink with. Yeah. Do re mi. Okay. Tea, a drink, with jab and bread. Yeah.
0: Oh. Oh, the do re isn't right, yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, you're not crazy.
0: This is Pheasant Tail, here to say, Come on, guys, in the February 2018 Q&A, you were asked if there were any gay couples you could see working from your lineup, and you didn't mention Toriko and Komatsu, despite saying previously that it would be neat if they ended up together. Whatever, I forgive you numbskulls. But speaking of homosexuality in manga, did you know the guy who did Gantz made a Yuri? Without having any information on it besides that the girls have proportion that make one piece look realistic and spines so curved you could balance a wine glass on their lower back, what do you imagine when you read the phrase, the guy who did Gantz made a Yuri?
1: I imagine Uh, it's as filthy as possible, right? Like, it's it's like a, a yaoi in the same scale of, like... It's the gay porn of Yuri, where everyone's like, oh, you read this because he has a bunch of stupidly hot dudes with giant Hulk Hogan footlong cocks just constantly ramming each other and blowing each other like it and an alien's attack or some shit like that. Like there's vampires that are in it or something like that.
0: Oh, no, it's Yuri. So.
1: Oh, is it Yuri? I thought it's a Gowie. Oh, if it's it's a Yuri Yuri series, it's got to be awful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's gotta Considering
0: be. the way that he treated women in Gans.
1: Yeah, yeah. sorry. I, I thought it was a Yowie series, and I got far more excited to that proposition. Him doing a Yuri is probably more depressing. At least the with guy the guy who did
0: The guy who did Gans did porn, you say? No! Yeah,
1: what? Uh, it's probably a good fit for him. Uh, I'm sure he feels a lot of creative freedom there um, in the loins. I, I don't know if I'd ever want to read it, but, uh, you know, more, more value to you, guy. Go, go, go follow your dreams. <laughs> I imagine, oh, uh, yeah. A lot, again, still vampires in it, but yeah, a lot of super over-the-top sex. Every, every chapter is just a new way to, like, include bashing in a location. Like, the first chapter, they're bashing in, like, a classroom. The next chapter, it's on top of a building. By chapter 50, they're in space. They're in that space bubble from fucking, uh, Rodan Warriors <laughs> clambashing. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I lost that. That very concept is so stupid to me. Go ahead. Carry on. just
0: like So, there's a very special episode of the Sailor Moon Running Warrior series.
1: <laughs> they get into space and they're like, look at those two lesbians clam bashing in our space bubble. Good for them. <laughs> You're valid. They scream to them. <laughs> it's just two chicks, like a South Park character cartoon, just bat-
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's was like promotions for the episode. which was like where the Sailor Scouts and Ronan Warriors have a very special have a very special discussion about about all female romance, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, Makoto and the Amy are going to realize their feelings for each other," and then they just see lesbians <laughs> bang in space, and all of the, all the Sailor Scouts just maintain very friendly. You know, intimate but very distant, like hand contact. You know, like they 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 shake hands at the end of the episode in part ways to go with be with their with their heterosexual
1: partners. It's just the idea, to mean. Like it's like done like a very special episode in very fancy cursive letters. <laughs> and then it, open, it just opens in like the.
0: They're like, they're, not, not, they're like not even like making sex noises or like groaning or anything they're just like very robotic about it
1: it's almost as though someone's
0: holding two action figures and just slamming <laughs> their
1: crotches together
0: into space bubble and then again they're moving her, like as if they're being drawn on marionette strings with their legs parted <laughs> going into each other
1: and then for. her Fucking Rios, just like you're valid. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he shoves fucking Serena in a trash can and pushes her down a hill so he can go stop when someone from jaywalking. <laughs> and it hits thirty minutes of the up in space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm sorry this is actually the second episode of my adult swim series <laughs> so
0: we've pitched two series so far that are definitely getting picked up oh just imagine, imagine like at the beginning like fucking uh like uh kento comes in and he's and he's like you guys I think that we should <laughs> have you guys heard it's a, it's illegal in some countries for same-sex marriage so we've got to watch out for that and they're like Kento it's actually very offensive that you think that and you have to understand that that's just a, they sit him down and have a long conversation about, about it and it's
1: like Oh, at the very end, he's just like, I understand. Well, I actually a same sex couple. Is there somewhere we could find one? <laughs> he's like, I hear what you're saying, and I deeply understand it and need to respect it. But have you seen those two clam bashing up in space? What? <laughs> Do they go up into space? <laughs> <laughs> they fly a rocket ship up just so they can rubber band out the window, rubber neck out the window. They're like, oh, <laughs> they're really going at it. Do they need to eat? <laughs> how can we hear their vigorous sex oh. noises in space <laughs> like Taylor, that's such a legitimate question <laughs> it's evolved into such nonsense no it was not it was did you know that the guy who
0: made Gans made a Yuri <laughs> that is true <laughs> second question and the one that we'll end on as Trump's original cabinet keeps dwindling, a phenomenon that I assume will still be going on when you read this, you damn fucking right. Let's make some new appointments. Given Trump's habit of choosing people who are the antithesis of each government agency to head it, who makes up the who? What in the made up office? Uh, who in the made up office would the lineup protagonist plus hashtag rape be assigned to? To use an example from an old series, how about Takaki heading the committee combating sexism and Masha being in charge of the Department of Realistic Romance? So you can just make up the department? I don't know. Uh, Uh, Ray has... Oh, fuck. Jesus. You all right? Uh, Literally, uh, a poster just fell down from the wall right on top of my laptop. It's fine, though. (laughs) The laptop or the poster? Uh, The laptop fell on top of the... uh, The uh, poster fell on top of the laptop. I think that... uh, it was might have been leaning up against here. Ah, gotcha. But you're okay. okay. Good. It's fine. Uh, and I've, I'm okay. And uh, nothing around me has been damaged either.
1: Very good. All right. So we can back go back to making stupid jokes now. Yeah. Um, I would say hashtag Ray needs to be in like the department of baby memories. Maybe like I feel like he would come up try to come up with something creative and like be like the Department of Innovations but he wants to be more special than that so it'd be like the Department of Super Special Innovations or something like that
0: just like it prefixes occasionally being nailed up over the plaque
1: yeah uh and Grammy, who you didn't offer as an option but i'm adding it would be at the head of the Department of Government of Creative Affairs yeah, yeah. oh yeah
0: <laughs> which uh, is not a position in a government it's it's more of a WWE thing Yeah. But anyway <laughs>
1: How would, how would Grimmy book WWE? We have to do that at some point. Uh, <laughs> no, we can't do it. Pheasant Tails, listen to so much nonsense. Uh, let's see. Luffy would be in charge of the cabinet of meat inspection, and he inspects it with his face and his belly. <laughs> these knife crawlers, for example. <laughs>
0: Um, let's see, we got... Boruto would be uh, in charge, the head of uh, the technological department.
1: Oh yeah, very good one.
0: He just uh, plays with all the devices that are brought before him and says that they're not fit for the public, he has to keep them himself.
1: Yep, and destroy the rest, because technology's yep. evil. Brace them with his face. Oh god, he would be very perfect for the Trump cabinet of things. <laughs> like i just sat there i was like who does this remind me of oh yeah is that like rick perry who's in charge of like epa <laughs> like he owns like a coal company or some shit
0: uh there is a very evil and deliberate reasoning behind everything that trump has done so anyway uh deku would be like in charge of would be uh the uh surgeon general
1: okay he's yeah. always hurting himself very good uh Ooh, can like Soma would be in charge of like food preparation, but it has to be like food prepper, pre- food prepar- standardization of food preparation, mm. and all. And all he does is put weird shit in everything.
0: Mm. So he's like in charge of like the FDC,
1: and he's just like, ah, oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, that sounds good. That sounds really interesting. You should do that.
0: Emma would be in charge of the Department of Education, but she would be under the impression that uh, education is a tool to harvest brains. So she would be actively trying to abolish uh, all schools.
1: Oh, God, like the real one. (laughs) Uh, Uh, What's left? Uega? Asta.
0: Yeah, and Asta.
1: Asta. Oh, Asta, the head of fucking Anything Entertaining. (laughs) Anything. Uh, Uego would be in charge of sexual education oh <laughs> in God. America. He's like, I don't really know how this works. He's like, I've read a lot of books and have a lot of theories. I think the hoo hoo gets the wah put into it. <laughs> Meanwhile, women are just throwing themselves
0: at him constantly, and he's like, I don't understand the point of what you're trying to do with me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, What part of you is the hoo hoo? <laughs> okay. Is it the hair?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I like a All very right. innocent I just, idea. I just
0: need to, I just need to ruffle it with my foot, and you'll get
1: pregnant, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think
1: that's everyone. All right, there we go. Good questions, right. good answers.
0: That was Q and A, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the recording, and uh, we will be back with a regular episode tomorrow. Yes, we're uh, uh, talking about. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Vento Oreo tomorrow. Yes. Oreo. I don't know the Italian.
1: Golden Wind.